So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Matt Chibili alongside Mark Tikvadi Crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, special guest, Daniel Lamyong. Hi, good day, everyone. And Tracy Hutchins. Vengeance. Yes. Who is Vengeance? Is, are you, are mm-hmm. you Vengeance or am I Vengeance? We're all Vengeance over here, yes. We, we all are, we all are. <laughs> and this is another episode of BBB Radio. And in today's episode, we have... The final episode of Genius Akanya Trilogy to talk about. So, Ricardo right. and I, we will, we will weigh in on that. Um, yeah. Tracy, you know, because I know you on Twitter a lot, right? And you've been probably noticing stuff that he's been up to, right? If you, if you realize the last two mentions of the um, of the episodes, yep, and that'll be episode one and two, we, we kind of mm-hmm. mentioned stuff that he was he was into now. Uh, reason being is because... Yeah, he he, he kind of into some shenanigans, but it's the divorce, it's Pete Davidson, it's done the yeah, two, there's yeah. a whole bunch of stuff going yeah. on there. But the ironic part though is that you know there's this documentary series right now about him, uh, you know, trying to paint this man in a really good light though, which we'll talk about with the third episode here. So it's like, right. dude, you can not just kind of hold back, can I just kind of relax until you know this 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 series wrapped up because um. Unlike normal Netflix releases, that this this show came out on a weekly basis, so we are literally right. had to wait every week for um an episode, right? Um, so along with that too, we also will be celebrating 15 years of David Fincher's most underrated work, that would be Zodiac, right? Um, actually turned 15 years old. Well, let me see if I get the date properly. Uh, March is second, right? So ironically, the same day when The Batman came out, right? Coincidence? I don't know. Right. And of course, to close things off, we will talk spoiler-free and spoiler-heavy on the Batman because we kind of have to. I know a lot of people haven't seen it as yet, but you know, we 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 had to go and see it on big screen, and we will just let you all know this is not a perfect film, though. But um, we will talk about in terms of weird ranks as far as you know, um, you know, Dark Knight film incarnations or whatnot, right? So, episode three by Genius Awakening, right? Uh, so just just to to, to 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 kick things off, right? Just like a little pre-ramble. Of course, Trace, you could come in and weigh in your thoughts on you know what Mister Mister Ye is up to right now, right? So 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 far we have been enjoying this um this documentary, right? Uh, I mean, for one thing, because we were technically the ones, right? And because the show zeroes in so much on his um early career basically so like in the 2000s when he was in the process of um of making the college report when he got signed you know prior to that when he got signed to you know rockefeller and it was just seeing all this rare footage and all these big you know celebrities and hip-hop and r&b you know who were associated with him at the time and it was just that come-up story that we really enjoyed that but um 
all through that though, and I, I brought it up, you know, in both reviews, I was concerned as to the direction of it because, like, with the second episode in particular, that would be um purpose. I was worried that you know they would spend a lot of time on the car crash and him, you know, right. moving forward through that and then actually dropping the album and all that kind of stuff, right? So I was wondering what the direction was going to be in. Sorry, was going to go. But then also to the the way how it's framed now, the um, one of the directors itself that would be Cody Simmons, right? A really like you know good friend of of Kanye actually put him on to um, this rap show that he did like back in the in the late nineties, right? You know right. he's the narrator, he's the guy that we're pretty much following because it's not just about Kanye's come up in life, but also Cody as well too, because pretty much Cody was just the guy who was just documenting everything at that point, right? But as the show pretty much reveals, well not even in this episode, but um. I would say near the end of the second one, I believe it was. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of separate, right? You know what I mean? Times change, you know what I mean? Priorities and whatnot. You know what I mean? Um, Cody with his priorities, with his family. And Kanye, you know what I mean? In this new stage of his career post-college dropout, right? So, um, as and also as we've been doing over the, the, the past couple of episodes, we just kind of had to bring up the unfortunate fact that you know, while this documentary series was going on, boy... Can you just get involved in a set of shenanigans, way? So yeah. the most recent now is just him dropping this video for Easy, which was one of the first singles that he he dropped for for uh, for Donda Two, I believe it was. I seen, I believe mm. it was because damn song wasn't even on the album, which got me angry for one thing, right? And I also covered the the album last week, yes, and I was yeah. disappointed by it, right? But right. doing him, I know he will drop some second or two draft and add more songs to it, and be like, okay, okay, I kind of see where you get at. But basically, with that album in a nutshell, it's just like this divorce album, and just him kind of venting about you know kim leaving him and oh she's with pete and all that kind of stuff right and also you know last week um you know kim is off you know off legally i should say not officially legally single no but you know just you know you could see just how this thing is weighing down and especially with the release of this um music video right mm-hmm. um i think pete is kind of cool with it like he like he not you know kicking up a huge fuss about it because you know he uh, snl alumni so he could just go and crack some jokes about it anyway right yeah but yeah um so while all this is going on to um although i kind of glance at this well trees you could kind of film me on this if yeah. you want to um he dropped this this tweet this this poem basically that he yeah he called divorce. and like i just look at it i just look at the the tweet itself divorce in big words and like this all these like um lyrics basically mm-hmm. i just say you know what nah i i i, I, I don't want that to tarnish <laughs> what I've seen with the third episode, right? You know, because um, yeah, there's a lot of things that go on in this third episode. But before we get to it, um, anything you just want to weigh in so far on, you know, the, the, the man himself. And I'm not talking about where he's at now, but you know, where he was before and how you know you got into, you know, the man himself now, his music. My my thing is like up to recently, and I mean like last week. I was talking to a friend of mine, we were talking about something or the other, and I just randomly started singing, you know, drug deal and just again. And I, I, I remember that feeling and that vibe and, and listening to that album. And I was like, I legitimately have to ask myself, where, where is that Kanye? And I know that there are, you know, there are reasons and logics and, and there's a whole medical situation going on and, and how his mental is and that kind of stuff. But for me, it was like, how does somebody move from the college dropout Kanye to, you know, standing up and saying slavery was a choice Kanye? And, you know, it, it sort of brings the, the notion for me in any event, the idea of how can we separate 
you know, it's a question we ask whatever somebody gets into, like somebody high profile gets into something ridiculous. We have to ask ourselves, can we separate the, the person, the man, the woman from the art that they gave us? Because Kanye as a person um, these days has completely, and, and I say days, but really this year or years have been a complete 180. I mean, even the divorce poem that he has up there, because I saw it and I legitimately thought that it was like a track listing, but reading it out now, you know, it starts with divorce feels like getting full-blown COVID. Um, and I have friends of mine who actually have had to go through, I mean, we've all been touched by it. And, uh, you know, it's like, nah, maybe divorce is not necessarily like that. And then he goes into a whole series of what divorce is, like a funeral or a miscarriage or a broken leg. And I'm thinking, I, I mean, I, I've never had that particular pain to deal with, but I, I really do worry about this version of Kanye. And then in terms of the shenanigans that you see now where Kanye is spotted with a woman who looks like a, 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 a replica of Kim walking on the street or, you know, the red flags associated with, you know, sending a truck up to her house with a whole bunch of uh, flowers and, and that kind of stuff. There is a, 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 a kind of a almost scary undertone, and I really do miss the original Kanye, the one who, you know, gave me classics and, 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 and seemed to have been putting his heart, his soul. I mean, he still puts his heart and soul in his music, as far as I'm concerned. But there was something grounded about that Kanye, as opposed to Ye, who is at right now doing random Sunday morning services into, yeah. which which I have to tell you, that whole Sunday morning service is also hilarious to me because it's like the whole lot of people within like the religious circle who may or may not have been appreciative of Kanye um, and his music and what he, the message that he was trying to deliver beforehand has suddenly now become, look, Kanye is doing Sunday services and they're actually playing his music and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is the version of Kanye that you want to uplift as opposed to the version who was already out there giving a message. I I don't know. So while I have yet to actually see Genius, um, the actual man himself and his shenanigans uh, are yet to be desired. And as for this divorce video, which I will admittedly, after this is over, I'm going to go and look it up. I'm just hearing about it. It's giving me shades of Crimea River with the with with Justin and 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 the Britney want to look alike and that kind of stuff. And we all oh god, I, I, I remember that. That that was, that was terrible. Jen. That was legit yeah. terrible. We, we know where that has led to now. So I'm kind of hoping he doesn't dig his own proverbial grave. But yeah, that's me on Kanye right now. All right. So what Awakening is about, right? Um, is is basically everything that that happened right after the success of um late registration which um by the way still remains my all-time you know favorite Kanye album right um and you know we, we we pretty much see his career just you know um on the rise right especially with the success of that album and of course graduation in 2007 right i believe it was i think it's after graduation though um this was you know when you know uh, unfortunately um kanye's mom donda you know passed away right at age 58 right and you see the downward spiral at that point you know what i mean um yeah. and even before that too you know you know um kanye was just always outspoken you know you, you've seen just how outspoken he he was you know especially with mm -hmm. what you see with um you know um bush don't care about black people or you know um 
the infamous, right. you know, right. VMAs and all that kind of stuff, right? So we see we see that it, in, a, in a in a fantastic montage actually doesn't linger too on too much on it, but it trusts that the 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 um the viewer knows these facts already, right? So I'm yeah. glad that they just kind of gloss over them, right? But yeah, basically you just see how yeah his his life pretty much changed right after um Donda's death though, and it really did affect the relationship. It it just kind of um broke it even more i would say between him and kudi right um kudi however at the time you know i mean he had his um his first daughter uh, her name is ivy i believe it was the yeah, ivy um so you know he has his priorities as well too but you know at the at the same time now because he's been following Kanye so long and because they originally wanted to do a, a documentary to begin with just like well yo like like what's going on now you know what i mean so he he kind of finds himself like yeah i, I kind of still need to be part of Kanye's you know, come up now, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, he's been, like, observing it from the sidelines, basically, unfortunately, because, like, well, Kanye don't have time for him, you know what I mean, for reasons, right? Yeah. But, yeah, with that being said, though, um, yeah, um, you know, Kanye is just on this downward spiral. You see how it uh, how it shows up on his albums, um, most most notably um, The Life of Pablo and stuff like that, right? Um, but, you know, at the same time now, Cody somehow kind of finds his way back into into Kanye's life and career and whatnot. Um, you see the process of him just trying to get back to normal. Um, he does bring up his bipolarism and, you know, just the, the medicine that he ha- that he has to take to, to curb that and all that stuff, though. Um, we actually go to Japan um, and actually see him working with, with Kid Cudi, who, who, by the way, right. now for Donda 2, you know, he kind of doesn't want anything to do with. Be- um, the, he, he doesn't want any part. He doesn't want to be involved with him, basically, because, like, oh, Cuddy, you you use Pete Davis's friend. Well, all right, that's good, right? Why? Because Cuddy appeared, you know, last year on, on SNL. So, okay, right. whatever. Right. I don't know, yeah. right? <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's just pretty much just Cuddy just just seeing him um, kind of pick himself back up, right? Uh, but of course, they 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 they, they stop. Um, of course, they bring up you know the the MAGA era. You know, what I mean, with his alliance with uh, for you know former alliance with Trump, um, him eventually wanted to run for president and that shenanigans that took place with his press um, conference, well, the rally, sorry, that he had in um, Southern California. Uh, what was where? I think it was South Carolina, sorry, I believe it was, right? And then you see the... I remember watching that. that. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 we we, we saw that and him oh, crying okay. and talking about, oh, you know, my dad was going to appoint me, man. You know, be crying like that now. Yeah. yeah, so they show all that, too, you know what I mean? And... Um, Last thing that's it, it pretty much ends at the right spot now where yeah, it ends on twenty twenty one with the release of the first Thunder album. And you know, when I saw that I was like, Yeah, this this makes total sense to end that narrative at that point, right? right. But uh, I'll I'll share my thoughts on the narrative in a bit, right? But yeah, Ricardo, um what what do you think about this 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 final episode? Though? Yeah, uh this one it it was this one slowed down for me, to be honest. I, I liked it, but like it was because it, it was less nostalgia filled. I liked it a lot less. I was like, oh yeah, this is when all the bullshit starts. Okay. Um, to me, they, they, they get into the really the, 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 the precipitous fall of, you know, after, well, after his mom died. Like, you know, that's what it was about. Everything just sort of unraveled from that point on. And it, it wasn't as depressing as I expected it to be. And they, they cut through the more cringy parts, admittedly, but it was still like, oh, there's these sad times. This just, this just, yeah. Work. And, uh, I was into it, but because because um he spent less time with him, it was not flowing as well. I think um as before, like the before it had it was such a great, you know um variety approach to to the filmmaking, bouncing off, bouncing off, bouncing off. This one not so much. Um, I think it's because it's like all oh, right, all the, you could tell this footage feeds cobbled together after, and 
um, not as not as for lack of a better term, organic um, for me. But yeah, it's still good, but but a weekend into the, to the trilogy, to be honest, in my opinion. That is how I feel about it. All right. Um, well, for me, I, I, could, I, I do agree with you, like similar to the college trilogy, right? Um, right yeah, right. this this episode three is is the weakest, though. But it's yeah. it's not to say that it's terrible. Eh? Um, it's just in comparison to the first two episodes. Yeah, it, it, it is. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't have that that, you know, it, it's not as organic. Right. Than, than the last two. Right. Um, but that being said, though, I was like surprised, though, like totally shocked at how Cody was able to just. Just, just, just move through, just maneuver through that period from you know from 2007 um, to now, well, to 2021, basically. How he was able to cover all that ground, you know what I mean, and and make it flow and make it make sense, basically, right? Because yeah, um, the, the excuses, well, you know, um, I wasn't a part of you know Kanye's you know career and life at that point, and you know at that time he was going through a lot of trouble and whatnot, and then well, you know. Circumstances happen. It's like, yeah, come back true, and yeah, yeah, we, yeah, you're still my boy and all that kind of stuff now. So it, it makes sense like that, right? And you know, um, so to cover all that now, um, there's a you know extensive use of um like you know news footage and all that kind of stuff. You see TMZ stuff, the VME stuff, all that stuff, right? But I do love how they just glance over everything they, 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 in this great montage. Well, series of montages they have too, and it, it would then they actually make it work aesthetically with the whole um, VHS, you know, kind of aesthetic. Now you know what I mean. Um, just kind of glossing over everything and adding these like visual effects and whatnot to to make it look like you know you're just seeing this um, this fever dream of events basically. So so right. I how they did that, right? Um, but like when I when I was thinking about it, right, um, at the end of it all, right, and just in comparison to what we saw before, um, how I saw it basically, and you know, it, it actually like rung um, rung true to me, right? Because um, yeah, I mean, like his story, like Kanye's story, isn't over yet, right? So you know, one may, one will come out of the show probably wondering, all right, what was the point of all this, like? All right, we see how humble and you know cool he was then, um, to now he's just you know. Not manic, the or, or depressive, but you know he's you know you're not sure what he's gonna say, you're not sure how he's mm-hmm. gonna act, mm-hmm. you know, being and all that kind of stuff. There. But the way how I see it, and to me it makes sense now, is about the people that are in your life, right? That's what I felt like, you know, Cody's, you know, um, place in the in in the overall trilogy. Um, that that that's his his role in this whole thing, right? Because yeah, it it could have just been simply this was Kanye then and this is Kanye now and you know Kanye have issues blah 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 right. But I like that the show was smart enough to say yes, this is Kanye now, and yes, he he will do good things. Yes, he will do bad things. Yes, he will do shitty things. But at the end of the day, he's a human being, right? But that's that to say. And I have to give credit to this episode for doing that. It does not uh, it does not give him any passes for for the the the, the dumb shit that he did do. Um, right. They do treat it as yeah, you, you dropped the ball. You wasn't thinking straight. You know, you know all kind of stuff, right? There's a great moment actually right after that that um, the presidential rally, where he's going to visit some artist who makes bowls the. And his mom, sorry, his, his dad calls the tell him, well, dude, next time have a script on you, know, like, le- like legit say that. I, I consider it for you, but next time have a script. I know you just just speak from your heart, but next time have a script, right? Don't just talk about me and aborting you and don't yeah. don't do that. Right? Yeah, no. And I was like, yeah, this this work, this this makes yeah, a lot yeah. of sense, though. You know yeah. what I mean? I was like, actually really shocked at that because I was like, wait, can you dad still in his life? I don't know that. I'm like, okay, oh well, well I, I didn't think so at the time. Yeah, kinda it is because I forgot to mention. That's too. actually news to me, to be honest. Right. All right. Well, 
they, they also brought up the Jesus is King era, right? Um, this is where he dropped the album that's, in 2019. Check out. Right. Honest. And yeah. um, the, the, the short film, which I paid money to see in IMAX, and I absolutely hate it. It was a waste of money, right? But point is, there was a video that he dropped where um, where his dad was was there, right? This was right. in the Wyoming, um, you know, estate that they own, basically, right? Then they have another video that they have um, Church on Sunday. That's where you saw Kim and, you know, they, they, their children and, you know, his, um, you know, uh, her mother-in-law and, you know, the family. You saw the Kardashians in that video, right? And the Sunday service choir as well, too, right? But, yeah, it, it but while I did appreciate, you know, seeing that, that Sunday service stuff, though, um it, it it still you know kind of brings up a kind of a hypocritical vibe to the to the whole thing you know because you know it's like oh well this is how he was then when he was trying to be all full christian and full gospel but because a lot of people didn't take it now donda come now and you know he trying to do the the part secular part you know um church kind of stuff now you know what i mean so i'm not sure how people would take to the moments where he's talking about you know um, this is all about Christ and, you know what I mean, like all that stuff I did before and, you know, it, it's just how it, how it looks in the long run, right? But other than that though, it's just, you know, again, it's just a, a, a person who is growing and all that kind of stuff, right? But to me, the, at the heart of the whole show is just, or at least the message I got out of it now, was the people that are in his life, whether it's people that he sought out or friends that just, you know, show up or he, you know, kind of run into and whatnot. Like in the case of Cody, for example, because it could have just been all right, Kanye don't need me anymore. I have my family. Cool. But it's like, well, he kind of somehow found his way back to, to, to working with Kanye um, through a, a common performance of all things. Like, common was just like, yo, I want you to come right. through and fill my stuff. And hey, look, look, Kanye did, right? So, boom, there it is, right? Because look at it. Like, you know, it, it could have just been the end right there with, with Cody having his kid and or, or Kanye move on and he don't need me. Fine. And look at how his his life and career derailing, right? He don't need me. But he was still concerned for him because, you know, they were, they were friends, right? So, you know, it's just how life kind of does that. I also love how the how the film, you know, kind of, you know, um, relates, how, how sorry, kind of compares, um, you know, Kanye losing his mom to Cody losing his dad, right? right. Uh, yeah, that, that, that moment hit me as well, too. So it's kind of like they, they kind of they understand, you know, that loss, that, that grief and all that kind of stuff, right? But, you know, and, th- and this to me is like the essence of what this whole series is about, right? Kanye is a human being, right? For better or for worse, right? You, you you may hate him because of all the dumb shit that he did, right? But he is human just like, ev- like every one of us. He makes mistakes, but it's just that because of his status, he makes mistakes in a glorious way, in a grand yeah, that, that, that's, way, right? That's, that's it. Again, like, that, that's my problem with all of this. Again, that is perfectly fine to see. And I, yeah. I, I, there, I, there's I, a butt coming, but go on. Right. Man. But yeah, it's it's still it's still look, if you really have these problems, you don't have to see like, why does this why does all of this have to be so public? No. That is my main thing. Totally agree. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Totally agree. And, like everything with him. Like I, I made exactly. I made that criticism with the, the Donda Two album. Everything that he's going through, he just has to throw it out to the public. Like I don't need to hear how you're feeling about this divorce. I don't need to hear, oh, I wanna be with the kids and you know, I don't need to hear that, you know. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's it's just on top of that, like look, politics Whatever, fine, right? You know, James Brown used to like Nixon, right? Whatever. But <coughs> um, I my attitude is that look, uh, this don't have to be the way it had to be. He he just had to be, he just come across like a complete ignoramus. Again, you have mental health issues and you should take care of that, but it's have ways to deal with that. Pete, you know who also has mental health issues? Pete Davidson. Yes, he, he does. We care about these things, but like Facts. You know, mm-hmm. he, he he handles this a lot better and, and how to deal with it. Come on, this is it's a little ridiculous and silly. And then to, to have this documentary 
frame it as I said, it, it comes across like a kind of puff pieces, if anything. Uh. Like again, I ain't say no. You could, you know, he, he is he is to be sympathized, but it, it at a certain point it just get ridiculous. Anyway, whatever. I, agreed, um, agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah. yeah well, well, I'm wrapping up here, but um, I I do agree though. Um, but at the end of the day though, I, I feel like you know, given the, the the subject matter though, and given the fact that hey, I have all this like you know decade worth of like you know just footage on me and i need right. to to put this together right because yeah we was working on this thing from since what like the early 2000s right yeah this this is as good as you know a kanye documentary could ever right. be in my exactly. opinion though. um yeah. it is far from perfect right just like the just like the um the subject matter it is far from perfect there's flaws and whatnot though especially in terms of how you should look at Kanye and if you should sympathize with him or whatnot. Uh, if you should if you should feel sorry for him, you know what I mean? Because he kinda talking a little slowish because of the meds, right? Or should I just be like, well, nah, get off the meds and be you. But then when he's him, he's going on stage and talking about, oh, you know what I mean? Well, you know, you know, the 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 press is gonna be talking about this tomorrow. Well, you know what? Shows over and drop the mic and everybody cuts them, right? It's all these things, right? So it it to me, like the this this show isn't telling people how to feel about Kanye. It's just showing him and just kind of making the audience kind of you know make their own opinion of it from that point on, right? But really, yeah. it's the the come up moments, the 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 first two episodes that really works for me though, because um, yeah, I am a sucker for for come up stories. I just love seeing you know um, yeah, especially in that era to the two thousands, right? I mean, that's where you know yeah, we we um, digested a lot of, of of rap music basically, right? Yeah. But yeah, you know what I mean? Just seeing how this guy who was making beats, you know, was able to be signed to one of the biggest labels, right? And have to convince them and all too, yo, I could rap as well too, right? I right. mean, well, the, the rest is History, which, right? which which is which which they kind of didn't did they follow up on this with this? I couldn't follow that they follow up on that from the third part. No, no, no. It, it, it just kind of stops at okay. Exactly. There was there was there was um lead registration and right. then there was graduation and well that was it. After that exactly. there was but no I, mention of labels, it was just all right. This is where he's at. This is the music he's playing. Up. They, don't, they don't mention Def Jam or um right. or, or Rockefeller. Or, or by the way, by the way, or I should say Rock Nation. And by the way, um, I forgot to mention too. Well, for those who don't know, um, Donda Two is actually his first like independent release trip because yeah, he's right. not with Def Jam anymore actually. So, no, but the thing is, that. that I thought we'd have gotten more like watch the Throne era stuff following up. You know the whole rap partner because they, yeah. they spend all, so all they much show time. is just it's just it's just a snippet of right. Otis that music video that was that exactly. was all <laughs> yeah that's that's so weird right because like I keep thinking you know because okay the big big narrative part was the Big Brother you know remember that kind of US song Big Brother no? and it's about GZ right yeah so I yes, keep yes. thinking that's gonna be the 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 narrative lineage because they spent so much time about Kanye have to prove himself as a rapper right. Because, like, that was one of the... It's not a criticism of Kanye, but he was never, like, a great rapper to be. He's just a solid rapper. Not that good. Just getting you know, as bad as, say, Puffy, for example. But they spent so much energy in, in part one and two trying to convince you that Kanye West needs to be this great rapper. I thought it would follow up with that narrative. Nothing. That's why... That's a big part of why this third part flounder for me, to be honest. Because, like, right, it's, right. it's a narrative... In, you know, just kind of... just drop dead now. Like what happened to that? Yeah, um, I, I understand because yeah, they just spent so much time on that story, on that yeah, partner. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, and, and you know they just try to frame it as well. This was you know the ma- the majority of time that you know Cudi was involved in his right. life and career, right? But yeah, um, at the end of the day, folks, I mean, not perfect, 
but I still say that this is as good as it gets as far as a as a docu series about Kanye. I, I imagine this was this was pretty difficult to put together anyway. But right. you know, um, and, and even though the the narrative itself isn't as strong as it should be, though, um, it it does give you a lot. It does show you a lot as far as um Kanye is right. His ups and downs and whatnot. It, it doesn't force the viewer to feel you know different about him. Like if you still come out of it hating him, that's fine. If you still come come out of it saying that you know he's the best rapper alive or best producer ever, that's fine as well, right? But I, but for me, what what made it work is the Cody narrative, right? Just right. I was there when he did this. I was here when he was in the quarter studio, did that, um, and then cut to years later. Why why he didn't want me here? Why he, you know right. I could have been there to help him out during those hard times, right? And all right, that kind right, of stuff, right, right. right? But how he came back into the story, though, I I really did appreciate as well, though. So right. it had a lot of like emotion to the overall thing. And at the end of the day, for me, that's how I saw it. it was just like. Yeah, you know what I mean? We all go through a lot in life, right? But it's really the people that are in your life that, that really matters because they're the ones that are going to steer you hopefully in the right direction, you know, provided that you meet the right people at the right time, right? And that's what I appreciate. Just to close things off, um, the, the prayer that he does in the end, right? It's the moment where he says, you know what I mean, uh, we have to, you know, um, take note of the angels that you send down for us, Lord, you know what I mean? Yeah, the people that are in your life that are steering you in the right path. Not just could he, but um, Donda, right? And that's why I love right. that the film ends with that Donda performance that he, he did last year, right? right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, not I a thought, perfect... Right. Go on, go on. That's another thing, too, is that I thought they would have gotten into um, the mother a little more. Because remember, like, he was really hung up on that. I thought they would have spent time on that. But again, because he didn't spend time with him, like, like remember, Kanye was trying to make a video game about his mother and like, stuff like that. I thought and, they were going to bring that up, you know, because on the, yeah. the Shoney night, you know, the Shoney night when he had the, the listening party for um, for Life of Pablo. Right. But they didn't show that. They just showed him playing um, Famous and him right. with, with, with Pusha T. Yeah, your boy was there. Yeah. Um, and, and I saw, um, I think I saw Future was there, I think. I think okay. so, yeah, yeah. Right. Just, just right. vibing out it, you know. Yeah. But I told you to see the video game now. Like, I thought they were right. going to bring that up. But I guess clearly, yeah, nice Kanye just want to... Yeah. What, the, the video I, I, game? I, yeah, I don't know what oh, rock I was like, I don't it, know what rock I was It was like an Android game or a Flash game or something like that. And basically something like that. And, and yeah. it, was, it, was, it was his mom. I'm not mom sure how she looked like. Yeah. But I just right. know that she was on this Probably. She was on this unicorn or something. So right. yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those climbing games. You know, it's the games where you just keep going up and up and up and get weirder right. and weirder. It's like that. Right. So right. She, it's, it's all going to heaven, effectively. That's what it came about. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, in, in retrospect, in retrospect, it makes no sense. It it it's a really, it it, it just feels half hard. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Not well thought out at all, dude. Yeah, exactly. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, but but for me though, I for for what it is though, I I, I quite enjoyed it. The, okay. the first two episodes for me are the strongest. The, the the third one is the weakest, admittedly though. But for right. me, this is where the the film was trying, even though it didn't completely do it perfectly in my opinion try to connect it to how he is right now and you know tie narrative threads and all that kind of stuff right so rating wise for the whole thing i'm gonna give this well sorry for this episode i'm gonna give this uh strong three to like three and a half man it's it's right. I, what it is but overall yeah. you know genius uh, a kind of trilogy i'm gonna give this uh I like four to five, man. I think that this okay. is absolutely worth checking out, though. Um, of course, if you're a fan of Kanye, you, you should watch this. Um, as I said before, if you just don't like him now, um, yeah, that ain't gonna you, you, yeah, this won't do you anything. But if you if you've at least 
rocked with him, you know, in the early days, at least he would appreciate those moments as well. Because, yeah, those, those, those moments are stronger right. in the first episodes. But seeing where he is at, you know, up to up to the Dunder stage now is quite interesting as well. Um, and, I mean, at the end of the year, well, who knows what shenanigans Kanye will, you know, be involved in. But I just do hope that the right people are there to, to, to stay him in a right path. And I'll stop here. So, yeah, uh, Ricardo, final thoughts. Well, sorry, to- final thoughts on... This episode here and the the overall um, trilogy. What are you thought? Yeah, it, it it. I don't know. I, I felt they should have stopped at two or capped off in a better way because the third part just really was kind of lost its thread. To be honest, and it's unfortunate that that happened. Um, but it was still fine. What it is and and what it was trying to do. The first two parts really really was the, the best part. The first part in particular I really enjoyed. This third part really let me down. Um, not not the worst thing ever, but you know, just like yeah, hey, you you had a thread going and you kind of dropped that and. I, I get he was trying to say, all right, well, let me focus on the part of me, um, well, my friendship with Kanye, and that's the conceit. All right, I suppose that works. But yeah, overall, uh, overall as a whole documentary, I know it's a six out of ten, you know, probably a closer to a five. Um, but this third part was, uh, I had a big massive problem with it, more like closer to a four. Um, you know, it, it, it pulled on the whole thing. Um, yeah, overall, yeah, it was fine. I, I get it. If you're a fan of Kanye, a lot of it works. Um, but yeah, yeah. But that's about it. Yeah. All right. So uh, before we talk about the Batman, uh, we have to talk about one of the films that um, primarily inspired it, right? That would be the 2007 film Zodiac, right? Um, this is from you know the 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 man, the myth, the legend himself, David Fincher. Um, and you know this this film actually celebrated its 15th anniversary on the same day that the Batman comes out, right? Co- um, came out. Sorry. Um, that would be March 2nd, right? Coincidence, maybe, or maybe not, right? <laughs> I don't know, right? Yeah. Um. So I'll just do like a, a quick, just run through of. Uh, well, I will just more or less do a run through of you know the, the the stuff that took place in the film. Just you know a lot of stuff that took place in this in this movie. Um, especially for you know it's really long run time, right? But um, you know it's just more or less clip notes, right? I'm not gonna spend too 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 long, you know, diving deep into into this mm-hmm. film, right? Or you know what not. Um, but I do want to do an intro, right? As it is a retrospect review, and you know, you guys could share your individual histories with the film, right? So for me, um, David Fincher, right? I mean, I, I've, I've spoken, I, I spoke about his his work before on retrospect reviews. I, you know, I, I covered seven um, on its twenty fifth anniversary as well. Uh, it's still, well, I would say, as far as you know, my favorite um, David Fincher films. Um, for me, it is still Fight Club from 1999. I actually did a review of that with uh, Samali and Ricardo, right? Uh, on another show, right? But I would put Seven as a close Seven. Uh, sorry, close Second. Oops, right? Um, and it's almost <laughs> to the point that I could have both. Yeah, I could have both Fight Club and, and Seven be at the top, though, because yeah, I think those are just absolute five out of fives. Those are masterpieces, in my opinion. Flawless, in my opinion. I was always saying they are flawless, but I think they are flawless, right? But when it came to Zodiac, no, this was always a film that, um, well, all right. So for me, I I knew when it came out in theaters, right? But um, I don't know, just for some reason, I just didn't care to see it at the time, right? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure why. I, I don't know. Maybe it was just priorities or whatever. But I, I didn't go and see it theatrically, right? Um, I saw this like a few years later on cable. I saw it once, actually. 
and I appreciate it for what it was, though. But, you know, for me at the time, I just felt it was just way too long. It was a police procedure. It was a mystery, murder mystery. But I just felt like, you know, it, it wasn't as tense or as shocking or as, you know, nightmarish as, say, you know, Seven, right? Or, you know, um, or, or had a lot of suspense, like, say, The Game or um, Panic Room, right? So I just kind of treated it as, you know, it's just a period piece and okay, well, all right, that was, that was interesting, right? But over the years, I mean, a lot of people say this is, you know, one of the best movies of, you know, the 2000s. And um, I would say, some people would say of, of the 21st century, right? Of the 21st century. Yeah? Um, but yeah, over the years, a lot of people would say that this is Fincher's uh, most underrated um, film, right? And uh, watching this film over again, this is actually the second time that I saw it in preparation for this, right? I do totally understand why I didn't get to the first time, though. Uh, why I think a lot of people just probably, you know, why, why people, you know, didn't click to see, you know, something more... Um, you know, blockbuster really, you know what I mean? Or, or something more audacious, right? Like see a panic room or whatnot, right? But uh, I would make the argument that this is a way more mature look at the serial killer than what Seven was, right? Seven was really 90s edginess, but this one just felt, and yes, I know it's, it's set in the 70s, right? Well, part of it, right? But yeah, there was a much, there was a more, there was there was more richness to it. There was more texture, there's more maturity to it, right? It wasn't about shocking the viewer. It was more about the fact that, yes, these things did happen that's that's the shocking part about this whole movie that literally everything that you saw here did happen right and i mean you have to give credit where credit is due the meticulous detail that um that fincher put into this film dreaded to even even recreate certain crime scenes and whatnot right he like locations and all that kind of stuff he recreates that stuff in this one film dread right so yeah i mean there's a lot to marvel and amaze that with uh, be amazed that sorry with this film right but as far as whether it is whether it's one of his greats though, that is what I will answer near the end of this um, discussion here, right? Uh, but Ricardo, um, uh, yeah, just uh, your your history with um, Zodiac and how you think it compares with uh, with with you know Finch's work, sir. Oh yeah, yeah, roughly similar to you. Don't don't take it too seriously. Um, you know, it works as a procedural kind of thing, but it you never know, really get no sense of big horror or anything like that. Because throughout the film, I, given that you watch, I was like. Oh yeah, they're gonna get to the part where they're gonna have to confront him, or he's gonna hunt him down, or something like that. And I was like, oh no, that didn't happen. Right, it was just straightforward. And well, the the only thing that this brought up uh, in the real real life was in the late last year, um, they claimed to have solved the actual story. Like this, this got it wrong because they, who they had, I forget the guy's name, Alan. Um, Adelia, right. Alan, he, he, they, they have a lot of evidence that why he's not it, and they have this recent update with it. So Fincher had a project out, um, and I was thinking, oh, you're gonna line up with that project, but he, he just did this. Did, I forget what it was on, on Netflix. It's a bunch of um, like a uh, Monk, Monk. No, 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 no. Uh, Mind Hunter, which is no, a not Mind Hunter, not Mind Hunter. No? I talking about after, like, re- like late last year. He had like a series of little shorts. Um, um I forget what it was. that had nothing to do with. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, we're going to get a new series of my new season of Mindhunter, right? To, to follow up on the whole, this this new piece of information. Eh, no, apparently not. Um, so that's why this, that's the reason that I, this brought back up in my head about it now. And I was like, oh yeah, the 15th anniversary coming up as well. You're going to do something with that. So probably the new season of Mindhunter might address it. But no, uh, he just, just did this shorts and then didn't connect it at all and then moving on, right? Um, the, I forget the name of the people, the code breakers or something like that. It's these people who just apparently solve like cold cases and old crimes that was never solved. 
and yeah. you know it's up to you whether or not you, you follow um these things because you know the, the whole that whole true crime podcasting yeah this was kind of the proto of that right this was these yeah you know that paradigm right and that, that was interesting uh, how, how that went on to become huge and, and popular in its own right you know um so yeah um film didn't really hit me that well only seen it in retrospect is like oh yeah Robert Downey Jr. clearly playing Iron Man here, you know, in this boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy. The stuff yeah, like that boy. In, in retrospect. It, just, it, and, the, and this was pre uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, like before right, Nightcrawler. Right. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It was it was proto, right. The character. Well, I would say the characters, he's kinda of like the anti Nightcrawler in this, to be honest. Um mm. but yeah, yeah, it's 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 a movie that works in retrospect because of what happened to all these stars and how big they became. Um later on but at the time yeah. i remember just like liking it not loving it i give it a rewatch it is meticulously well made like simple song design and and, and set design stuff in the background they get really really right like they have little things like oh it have a pigeon in the background it's like wait is that part of the shot or they decide to keep that in or something like that mm. like they, they could easily remove that or little small things like getting the date wrong in the calendar in the background because they had like the calendar in the background um seeing a certain Time period. Oh, I know you talk about near, near right. the end of the film, right? 19, yeah. Right, 1980, and then they, they mm-hmm. jump, they say, no, it's seven years, but it's 1990. It's like, oh, the calendar wrong then. Like, oh, okay, yeah. cool stuff like that, right? Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things you just have to watch and work out. It, it's one of those things you only care for from a production end standpoint, but uh, it don't really wow me anything me his other films do. Um, But yeah, his other other projects, more salacious projects, really work in that sense, Um, especially Mindhunter. So that's why, it, you know, it, 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 it brought out that aspect of Fincher. Yeah, Fincher, Fincher is a crime, man. You can't go wrong with it. I, I mean, I'm still in the camp that prefers this American version of um, Gilly Dragon Tattoo, for example, and stuff like mm. that. So, yeah, well, it, it, I love it, but I don't, I don't love it, love it. It's fine. Um, right. But, yeah, we're talking about in retrospect, to be honest, especially with all the real stuff in and around the whole conceit. Um, that's, that's about it. All right. Uh, Daniel, your, your, your history with uh, Zodiac. Well... I remember seeing the various TV spots and stuff on television for Zodiac, but I don't really remember it like that much. When it comes to David Finch, and it's not, I've seen most of his films. I there's select few I haven't seen. Like I haven't seen the game. I haven't seen Fight Club. <gasps> Shocking. But uh, yeah. To know. Um, no, I haven't. I, I, seen I mean, Fight Club I mean, yet. like, like you saw that's... the Matrix, right? Oh, you could that is see Fight Club. Like those <laughs> two is... films, like define <laughs> 1999. Um, I I'll argue being John Markovich is one of them too. But yeah, Fight Club that's... and Matrix, that that was that was 99 films, right? You know. <laughs> I know. I, I I take that lambaston. I it, it, I really need to see it. I'll I will get to it someday. But uh, just yeah, just please don't judge me. Okay. <laughs> I we, we'll we'll try we'll try we'll try. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't guarantee anything, but we'll try. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen Fight Club, but um, yeah, I've seen the others. I've seen Seven, Panic Room, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which I like. Girl with Dragon Tattoo, Gone Girl, uh, Zodiac. I would say, as as well made as it is, because I mean, just a little story about David Fincher. Uh, only one film in Gone Girl. As this is to show how meticulous David Finch is with his production. I mean, Ben Affleck bet somebody that he David Fincher wouldn't even be able to tell when a camera, a camera lens was misplaced, and when he he changed the camera lens on the camera, and David Fincher noticed. So it's like, yeah, 
he's meticulous like that well, as a filmmaker. Well, so, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, that's something you will definitely notice. I mean, come on, once you see the shot, you'll be like, uh, <laughs> come on. Facts, I mean, better flex, uh, look, you just lose worse up there. <laughs> yeah, 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 but okay, <laughs> when it comes to, I gave it a rewatch, yeah, the, I gave it a rewatch before this review, this retrospective, and y- yeah, Zodiac was pretty decent. I wouldn't say it's my favorite of Fincher's films. My top two are Seven and The Social Network. Those are my top two. Okay, okay. All right. Those are, yeah, those are my top two. Uh, all the rest are pretty good as well. The Girl with the Dragon tattoo. Sorry if I'm straying, but uh, on the off Zodiac. But yeah, Zodiac, pretty decent. Police procedural. Very good mystery thriller. And yeah, I, I would give it a... Uh, decent seven to eight out of ten. Alright, well, we 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 are ranking it as yet though, but, but, but um... <laughs> I, I, sorry, I, I give I give my rate I give my rate in one time, but yeah. it, it was okay. it was like, <laughs> one time, <laughs> one time, one time, no stickiness. Alright, so last but not least, uh, Tracy, your your quick history with um Zodiac and how you take it ranks amongst um Fincher's works. Well, as a Capricorn, <laughs> get that? That's a little private joke there. Um, Zodiac, Capricorn. Mm. Uh, here's my thing. I I I'm, I spent my time trying to figure out what exactly, outside of working, what exactly I was doing in 2007 because I have no, <clears throat> I had no no actual memory of like sitting down whether it was on cable or going into the theaters. I have no memory of seeing Zodiac. So. Um, like I knew of the story, but I didn't actually, I don't think I've ever actually sat down to it. So I, I, I did it. This was like, I'm going to say this is my first main watch of Zodiac. When we, I knew we were going to do the retrospective review, I sat down to watch it. I'm one of those people who I like, um, uh, I, I, I like thrillers that are based on, on, on real things that are happening. So like the Jackal. Um, you know, wow. throwback that, that movie by 1997. Was. For those who who forgot, Richard Gere with an Irish accent. I mean, like I mean, so you know, um, that that kind of those kinds of movies, I tend to gravitate to find out what's going on. You know, what was the Uni Bombers' whole point? That kind of thing. I'm not a, I'm not necessarily a true crime boy, but I mean, I will watch stuff like that. So knowing that the Zodiac is based on 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 a real thing. Um, I sat down with the intention, okay, I'm going to let me sit down and take this in because this would be like my first real watch of it. Because um, like I said before, I have no memory of ever really sitting under it. So I'm going to go with this is my first thing. What actually, um, two things I should say uh, in terms of it. One, in terms of David, of David Fincher, I completely forgot that Fincher was the one who did the game. Right, and right. I don't know how, I mean, in 1997, I would have been like, what, 16 or some random thing like that, as I'm sure in my age. And I remember the game. I, I remember watching the game. I, I, I have a vivid, like, burnt onto my brain of the game, but it hasn't really registered that it was David Fincher. So going back and seeing all the films that he took part in, that he was directed, it was actually pretty cool. Um, for Zodiac, for me, I'll, I'll, I'll put this, and I know we, you know, there's a, another film that we're going to talk about after this, but it was one of those moments where I was sitting on watching this, and I laughed my head off in terms of, I, and I, I laughed my head off in terms of the idea of there's these movies that are inspired by, 
And then when you watch the Inspired by movie, you kind of realize, oh, this is legitimately the movie. So in case in point, whereas like Taxi Driver is Joker and you see um, Zodiac, uh, especially coming out of seeing the Batman, you realize, okay, this is this is legitimately, you know, that with like a superhero idea and that kind of stuff. Um, I, also, I will, like, also like seven. <laughs> right. You know, um, like there's this, there's a, a random thing there where he's like, goodbye. And I was like, okay, Matt, I see you. I hear you. Um, but I really did. I really did enjoy Zodiac. And it was, it was also fun to see um, pop culture, present day pop culture icons in things that were that are not uh, superhero dominated so like uh, you know um, I was saying before we started the idea of watching the science bros um, working as reporters uh, Robert Downey and 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 um, God Mark, Taylor Mark Swift Ruffalo. ex-boyfriend Mark Ruffalo Mark Ruffalo Mark Ruffalo, yeah. Mark Ruffalo was a police officer um, yeah. so Mark Ruffalo and Robert Downey and um, Jillian Hall um, as as the cartoonist and that kind of, it was it was it was really refreshing to be honest to see them back before they were costumed and you know getting ten million for six shots, that kind of thing. Um, I think there are other David Fincher films that I might rewatch a great deal more. Like I was watching this and I was like, I have an urge to queue up Seven for the like the fiftieth time kind of vibe. But Zodiac is Zodiac is a flick. Yeah, it is this, right? So uh, I'm I'm basing this uh, retrospect review on the director's cut, right? Um, so it's it's actually about five minutes or either five or ten minutes longer than the theatrical cut, right? But um, uh, for me, I, I I just you know for for my first viewing was the director's cut, right? So I honestly don't know what's new or what you know was there initially, right? Uh, but basically, it opens with. You know, we, we, we see, well, what we think at first is the first Zodiac murder, but we learn later on that it isn't, right? But anyway, uh, it's, you know, in Vallejo, um, California, um, July 4th, 1969. Um, it's this couple, uh, this pull up needs because, you know, again, based on true, on, on, you know, true events, right? Darlene Ferrin and Mike, Mike Magu, right? Or oh, Mike Magu, right? If I got the name wrong, forgive me, right? But yeah, basically, you just see the Zodiac killer kind of pull up on them while they're at this park. He guns them down, literally. He has, like, the silencer on this um, 9mm um, gun, right? Um, but then there's a there's a scene, there's, like, a, a shot that shows up later on. As a, it's just excellent in terms of just framing, you know, who you know, the Zodiac killer is, right? Because, uh, yeah, he actually calls the cops afterwards and tells them, he reports the murder, he tells them it was a double murder, gives them the location, tells them the weapon is used, and then he says he also killed those kids last year, right? Then he says, goodbye. And Good then he hangs up, right? <laughs> and then is that last scene that you see where basically, yeah, the guy survived. And like, okay. Because, yeah, right, like, right. for me, I went and, like, oh, like, both of them get gunned down now because it looked real brutal and, and, and stuff. There's like, wait, this dude actually alive now, right? Anyway, so now we get to, to San Francisco. Now we introduce to Robert Graysmith, who is played by Donnie Darko himself, Jake Jenner yeah. Hall. I'm sorry, he will always be Donnie Darko to me. I'm a huge mm-hmm. Donnie Darko fan. If you haven't seen it, 
again is one of those movies you had to see before you die, right? That's just me, right? But yeah, um, he is a cartoonist. He works for the the, the Chronicle. Um, he's a dope artist though. Like he he like just in terms of his um his skills, you know, with with the, with the pen, right? Uh, Robert Downey Jr. actually works there as well too. He plays Paul Avery, right? Yeah. Um, and then well, basically in this one morning. Oh, I forgot to mention too. Uh, Robert is a single dad. Um, he well, you know, he actually was divorced. Uh, um, there's a great moment where I actually see him like uh, with his son as a preparing to go um, preparing him yeah. to go to school, right? Yeah. Him and him and Chloe Seven. He was very good in this. Yes, I yes, how, yes. I forgot yeah. how good she was in this. Last time I saw I her, she was, was in this movie. You know? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, wait. Last time I saw her in something big for me was um, Hit or Miss. So I was like, oh, that was a good show. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, because yeah, when, but... when I saw when I saw Chloe Seven, I was like, wait, wait, who is it? Wait, who is this? And then I remembered that there was this coming of age show on HBO called We Are Who We Are, and she was in it, and I was like, oh, that's oh, her. Yeah. That's her. Yeah. Oh. That, that's what I recognize her from. Like, right, right. Well, well, who she is, basically, she will show up later on any film. She will be the girlfriend to be wife of 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 um of um Robert, right? Robert. Yeah, right. But here in this in this opening sequence, basically, this is where they get the first um note from the Zodiac killer, right? Um, and he pretty much proves that he did the murder. You know, he talks about everything that he did, right? And that's that's one thing that always, like, intrigued me about this guy, you know, that he will just, like, legit tell the authorities, tell the press, yes, I did this. Uh, this is how I did it. You know, he'll go into detail, like, just give enough details now. And then legit tell you, well, this is what I'm going to do next, right? Unless you do this, right? But, but later on in the movie, it, there arises a question because it's like, some of the murders that he's talking about already happened. So it's like, right. is yes. he is he really a publicity hog, or is yeah, he really committing sure. these murders? Right, exactly. They, they kind of, yeah. And they, you don't even know how much people was copycats or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's so right. You yeah. all of that here. Not know how they all be connected. Now, because that's that's one of the big problems with this kind of stuff. You always right. have some asshole who need to copy and and fuck up your keys. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things that you can't believe happens though. This is the one thing I love about the show here to it. It really just shows, because um, like for me, like I was, I was watching this, right? You know, the because the show really centers on just the obsession surrounding this killer, right? Everybody yeah. wants to know not so much who he is, but deep down inside, it's like how this man could get away with this, but like how this guy could just come up with this plan and you know follow these people and just kill them and not show any remorse, right? I, I think that's what it all boils down to, just this deep-rooted obsession that we have. And that, that that's the beauty of this movie. It's not just an American thing, right? It's it's a human thing, right? We all want to know, wow, how this guy got away with this boy? Like, oh, yeah, you know? Yeah, trying to yeah, get go into on, the psyche. No, I was just saying, you're just trying to get into the psyche of this person because it's like, you know, you're sitting in your own little world and you would be like, I would never... Um, but there is somebody out there who is actively doing it and seems to be, you know, rubbing his thumb in everybody's face and, you know, with it. So there's that. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I forgot to mention, too, he leaves, um, well, in this case, part of a cipher. Um, he sends the other two or three parts, I believe it is, right. to two other um, newspaper um, companies, basically, right? And, he, well, he says, basically, in the note that if you don't print them literally on the same day, on the front, mm-hmm. yeah, on the front page, he's going to kill people, like, on the right. weekend of, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, they actually play ball, and then afterwards, and this is one thing that this show does very, 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 very well, though how it spans time though like literally yeah. 
literally what? a new scene is like a new day. Like, what I mean, I mean, like two weeks later, two days later, two years later, right? Yeah, it right. spans time so so effortlessly, dude. I mean, and it never it never comes off like a gimmick. It never right. comes off as boring. It never comes off as contrived. It feels like no, this is a real like a a, a huge event that you're yeah. seeing here. What? This didn't what? happen over the course of a month or 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 you know. A year. This was this, this spanned years, you know. You know. Right. What What I liked about it is is how you know these serial killer, killer types are not that smart because what they, they yes. totally rely mm-hmm. on is is the shock and awe of the whole thing, right? And because like when they boil it down, it's like oh no, the cipher like real basic and simple. And mm-hmm. once you do a little bit of research and digging up on them, you could sort it out relatively simply of where he coming from and where he doing and why. And the majority of the reasons why a lot of cases don't get solved is because the sheer bureaucracy and weight and bullshit about everything just distracting mm-hmm. you. And it's pure nonsense that, yeah, especially like, um, we call him Mark Ruffalo's character, like, you're all feel bad for here because, like, yeah, boy, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I'm sure they could have solved these cases because they, they had all the evidence, like, everything that, that the book was about ultimately. Well, remember, you eventually wrote the book. It's like, yeah, most of this was they already had, they covered most of this, but they can't do it because a judge said no, and they couldn't do this because yeah, they don't somebody have didn't have a fax machine on one, and somebody, yes, something. yeah, boy, somebody, yeah, somebody <laughs> fucked this up. And, and, you know, it's a lot of a lot of it is, is straight up um Fifth Amendment stuff and the law itself and you know a person can't do this that to the other and blah 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 blah. And yeah, that's why they get into that. I like how they do that with this now. And because another thing too, well, there's something that they don't talk about in this, but a lot of another reason too is that the police is just focus on a lot of bullshit. They kind of they kind of hit um they kind of hint upon it, which is uh, a lot of police racism. Like there's always just assume as a black person do it. So Ooh, I'm not gonna touch on that. Buddy. So yeah, a lot of like a lot of serial killers get away with shit. Like I forget which one it was that somebody in California who straight up said you would catch me sooner if it wasn't racist. Like he straight up said that. Like outright said. I forget wow. which one it is. And he was like, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> you just assume. Well seen there, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assume, you assume some black guy did it. That kind of. Thing. They barely touch upon it at the beginning because this is where in where in Chicago I think. Yeah, uh, it was it was after the Zodiac killer got into the cab and he right, shot down the cabbie right, and everybody right. just thought it was a black guy who did it. Right, yes, exactly. Yes, right. Yes. Stuff like that. Uh, they just assumed that and it's like, oh, well, well everybody go believe him. And the, the, all, of the, all of this little this stuff. And what I like about it, the, 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 well, we, we, when we get into the other film, they, they get into the quote-unquote Keystone Cops aspect of this. Of One of the big things with Hollywood is a kind of open secret to Hollywood, right? Hollywood have to always make the police look competent, right? They could look, They could be evil, but it could always be competent. But you'll never frame the police as incompetent. And I love how this film framed the police as incompetent. Like, mm-hmm. they're kind of just fucking dumb. Like, sorry, like, you know, once you take... It's kind of ridiculous that a newspaper cartoonist was catching up on this and making sense of it because, you he know, sorry. Yeah, because puzzles. he loves puzzles and he just, he just obsess about it. But the simple fact is that, look, it have too many cases and the justice system flooded with bullshit. And, you know, the, um, Mark Ruffalo character is like, yeah, look how much people dead in the time between the case things. Like, look, other people, we got to get on. We got to move on. It's about other stuff. Sorry to exactly. say. Exactly. It's, yeah. just, it's just simple things like that. But they make it work in that sense. I like how they film. Mm-hmm. They just frames it really well in that conceit. Um, yes, yes. Of, of, you know, the, the, the justice system just too flooded with nonsense that the police have too much bullshit to do. Instead of actually solving crimes. Because one of the big things about, you know, the police thing is that, we, the, the, you know, the United States is over-policed, but it's under-detectivized, right? That's the most, like, one of the big important things about that. A lot of cases just don't get solved. And a simple case, if you were to sit down and work it out, you know. Um, this is just a, a, a extravagant example in history, but just just dig up. It has so many stories like that, you know, um, of people just getting away with murder, literally, because... The system sucks. And, you know, the system could be avoided if you don't waste your time with a sort of garbage, no, and wasting time mm-hmm. on, on a sort of crap, no. But, yeah, I, I like how he, he he actually makes the police look incompetent in this. I like that. Um, yeah, 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 indeed, yeah. 
Um, also, well, right afterwards is actually a great moment. Um, actually, really, really tense and slightly disturbing when you think about it. Though, where you see the Zodiac killing broad daylight, because yeah. he attacks this this couple at this public park. Do you actually see him? Lying with, down. You know, yeah. you know, it's just lying down, just chilling, even having yeah. a picnic or nothing, right? But yeah, um, you, you see him in the Zodiac costume, I'll call. So he has his mask, right, 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 gone. Yeah. You know, dark clothing. You see the Zodiac. Well, it, I will call this Gunsight logo, basically, that he has on right. the shirt as well, too. Um, but, but what makes it seem, you know, so disturbing as well, too, is how, you know, just, just how it's all pieced. It just takes his time. He shows up with a gun. He tells him, you know, he well, he ties he ties, um, he ties ties the woman's hands behind her back. And then, well, he kind of forces the, the, the man to do the same thing and then tells him to lie down. He says that he will take the car and whatnot. And then he just like starts stabbing them in the back to like just so you know what I mean? And then the next scene literally he calls the police and say, Yeah, um, you know, I've double murder, blah 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 blah. And then well, you know, the guy actually survives. I'm like, wow, okay. You know, but that that scene, especially the way how it was paced to yeah, that 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 was easily one of the most intense scenes in the movie. Um, even though what? it's not really like gory or brutal, per se. What I liked about that in that particular sequence is is the shift from just a uh, relative calm, because the scene of itself stays stays calm, the music of itself does what it needs to do. But the interaction between the couple, because he's there droning on about, you know, some secret about the lake, and she has been there before, and that kind of thing. So they're trying to kind of, for me, it was kind of like, you could see like they're trying to reconnect, they're trying to have a, a, a nice moment. And here he comes behind the tree and just shows up and then shows up. And from the time you see him hulk tying them, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting down watching this thing and I'm seeing him hulk tying them. And I'm like, this is not going to end well. We all know this is not going to end well. But the stabby, stabby, stabby sense of it and just having that drawn out completely. Now I sat down there and I looked at him like, shit. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a moment literally where, where you cringe, but like, jeez, you know what I mean? Um, I forgot to I mention just, too. I, 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 I just, I just like how the um, how the guy was just really trying to get out of this. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like, like, dude, you like know, look, here, here's the keys. Like, here's the keys. Here's the keys. Take my wallet. Take whatever you want. Just don't hurt us. I can write you a check. I'm like, what? Oh, I mean, okay. <laughs> Yeah, like, like, see see just how far that goes, right? But yeah, one thing that this film um, establishes early off, though, is how incredibly smart Robert is, though. Because, uh, like, with the first cipher, he's, like, interpreted it, trying to figure out the anagrams and whatnot. He doesn't solve it per se, right? But he, he does immediately start to figure it out, though. I like how, like, at first, you know, Paul kind of watched him, like, dude, like, all right, like, I told you it was just a cartoonist, though. What are you doing with cipher books and all that kind of thing there? But also what they notice, well, this is a great scene um, um, that follows right after that um, that murder, basically, in the park, right? Where he he remembers there's, there's, a, there's a phrase that, um, that the Zodiac mentions in one of his notes where he says, man is the most dangerous animal of them all. Of, of mm-hmm. all, sorry, right? And he remembers mm-hmm. it's from a horror film called the most dangerous game and you know what i like about this movie is that you think oh it's just some kind of random point that they just bring up like oh this is how he remembers this but it's brought up later on in the film and that actually caught me completely by surprise too but yeah for a guy like robert to just be like oh i remember that and then he pulls his book out and he's showing this sort of like weird vampire film or whatever it is i love paul's reaction it's like oh what, what's his name i call some kind of weird name like orlack or some kind of thing like you could tell paul's just like Okay, like, all right, 
this this is kind of weird. You know, they real nonchalant about it. That's that's Robert Downey Jr.'s character, by the way. But I just love that about Robert. Like he just always thinking, right? Yeah, um, that to me kind of felt yeah. like um like you know when uh, and this is completely random, but it's like being in a room where you're the comic person, the comic book person, and you have matched something comic book wise to something that's happening in reality and how the quote unquote normals look at you. That for me was that entire scene when he went and he ran and he grabbed that book and stuff like that. It's 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 not movie related, but that is kind of like what it reminded me of. It's like there's the nerd who knows things that the normals may or may not necessarily know. And it's like how they looked at him and their interaction with him, trying to figure right. out if he's all right, you know, well, if he has, you know, some kind of issue. Yeah, that, that's that's what I like about it too. Is that they get into the and this is something that you see across the board. You're only seeing it now because we have so many of these school shooters and these incel types. But yeah, just the nerdy, the nerdiness of the whole thing. You know, they, a lot of these guys tend to they, they get the inspiration from some movie or some video game or some bullshit like that. Um, yeah, you know, sorry. Yeah. Um, but that that part. Oh, well, is sorry like, for the video game stuff. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Now, like whatever. Like it's always it's always something, right? There's always something in pop culture. They they tend to be pop culture nerds. They tend to be people who, which which makes sense because it fills the gap of of um, companionship now. It's just the sheer loneliness of a lot of that drive a lot of this now. Um, and they make that work really well because if anybody remember the movie The Cable Guy, right? That psycho, right? That, that guy, right? Yeah, boy. Um, <laughs> well, I could totally use a remake in, in modern internet stuff, eh? totally, whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, well, remember we had that Super Bowl ad, right? We, right, you know, yeah. yeah. I was like, you know, they can bring this back. Anyway, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's just that. It, it have a lot of people like that where it's just a pop culture thing, you know, will fill the gap. And I, they use that as the driving impetus. And if it wasn't for X, Y, and Z, you know, it's, it's a warning sign for if you're real into pop culture and you're not, you know, you don't, um, you don't do anything in your life, you can easily see yourself becoming these weirdos now. Uh, that's a big, big, like, you know, red flag. And I like that it gets into that aspect of it. It's like, yeah, the whole thing was this old movie. Like, yeah, like it that. was from, from exactly. what was from, um, RKO picture from like 1992 exactly. or something like that, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so let me just talk briefly about just David Fincher himself, boy. Um, just some fantastic establishing shots and sequences, boy. Um, case in point, dude, that taxi cab sequence. Oh my god, dread. Like, the camera is literally following him over, or following mm-hmm. that, that taxi cab overhead. Eh? And there's a moment where the taxi legit turns a corner and the camera tilts her. Eh? Now, I watched that there and I was wondering if, because it can't be no helicopter shot. No, I know it was a helicopter, right? But the way how it's framed, you, you, you're probably thinking, oh, maybe some helicopter shot or whatnot, right? But there's that camera tilt. Nah, it wouldn't have been that smooth, right? But yeah. uh, I know that there was some VFX involved with this, though, but just that tune in particular, though, I was just like, I was just in amusement, dude. It just looks so smooth and so seamless, by um. And yeah, I mean, just that that sequence alone was fantastic, boy. And even better now is that, well, yeah, you know, we the guy who is the passenger in the backseat of that car now was the Zodiac, right? Because right as they reach his destination now, you just kill the driver, you just shoot him in the back yeah. of the head, and it's like, yeah. wait, like what? You know what I mean? But um, <laughs> like how, after, like, like at that moment, though, when he, when he steps out of the vehicle, right? 
you know, he he's doing a little stuff as well that you know, later on, you know, I mean, he had gloves on and he was trying to, you know, do stuff, you know, like hide evidence and whatnot, right? You instead of hearing the Zodiac call the police and say, Hey, I did this, you hear a woman, right? And then you learn she was actually on the uh, opposite side of the street now, seeing uh reporting a fight that takes place. Oh, there's right. a fight and you know, this this the driver was fighting with the passenger and whatnot, right? But yeah, guys, what's your kids? It's kids. It's kids. Yeah, it's it was kids, the yeah. kids. Yeah, the kids who saw it, but the woman, the, the mother, basically um, recorded, right? Yes. Yeah, recorded. Yeah. But yeah, guys, what 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 were your thoughts on just that that sequence, that that tax cab sequence? Just great filmmaking around the board. Does I mean that's that's Fincher, isn't it? I mean when you when you see his other works like Gone Girl, it's like meticulous uh, uh, blocking and just great camera work. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, Ricardo, anything? Because, yeah, dog, t- it, tell me the scene blew you away, Tell not, me that. Not, uh, not really. I mean, I, I, see, <laughs> I, see, I see other versions of it done better, so whatever. I mean, I, I didn't think about it. Like, it's, it's just a scene. Like, you know, right. like, I don't, I like, look, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's film, China. Uh, but I, I just look at other stuff other than this, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good scene, but it didn't shock me or anything like that. Um, the, the part again, the part of it that stuck stuck out to me was the, the race angle of it. That was that, I think, yes, was, yes. Why I don't which, which, which I'm actually gonna bring up now, right? Um, right, because yeah, yeah finally, had, so go on. No, I just said I, ha- I had something scribbled in my notes that says San Francisco or Gotham. That whole idea you're talking about in terms of the cinematography and the um, the trailing of the taxi cab from overhead because you've seen those shots in a few other. Um, Gotham related projects so that was my little I was my little chuckle on that and then in terms of you know you see the taxi driver slowed down but I really wasn't expecting to see you know his carotid artery go you know cusplow all over the place and that was a whole moment yeah it was it was right so one scene that shocked me uh, with the Zodiac murders was when he was actually tailing this woman on the highway Right. And like, yeah. Oh yeah, and we, we, we'll get to that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it 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 did it did me too actually, right? <clears throat> so finally, Mark Ruffalo, you know, aka I'm always angry, you know, shows up into the picture, right? Um, he plays SCPD Inspector Dave Tusky. If I got the name right. wrong, forgive me, right? And you know, I just love how it's oh, uh, you know, how he. This is running gag where he's always woken up from sleep and, you know, his wife always tell him, you know, just go right to the job, right? But I like the that, anim- you know. An- the animal crackers. Yeah, yeah. like you, you, got any, you got any more animal crackers, right? Which, but I'm assume, ironic- which, which I'm assuming he munches on because he's a former smoker. Right. right, yeah, yeah. Could be, could be, could be, right? But I love the, the irony where, you know, just bringing up the Reese, the Reese angle now, finally. Uh, yeah, the suspect in this so-called robbery is a Negro male adult, right? <laughs> and then by the time he showed up, it was like, well, yeah, there was an error on the, on the department's part, right? Like, it was actually a white male. Wow. Like, really? Really, right? Huh. Think about that, right? Right. So, I like how, and for me, like, I, I think that Dave is partly the comic relief in this movie, though, because, like, his reactions is to, to things, like, especially how he responds to things I thought were, were, were just spot on, though. I, I love, like, the moment where uh, his, his partner, Jack, shows up, right, and Jack says, oh, today's my birthday. He's like, all right, cool, well, happy birthday, right? And then, well, Jack asks, uh, body or scene? And Dave says, it's your birthday, I'll take the body. 
Right. Just like little moments like that, the little quips like that are really dug. Uh, also, when he interviews the um, the children, the, the kids of the of the woman who reported the, um, the 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 crime, basically, and one of the kids say, "Well, this girl says, um, you know, this this guy ran out, and how he looked like? He looked normal. He's like normal, and the scene stops here. Just those little things are, are, are really like as well, right? Um, but yeah, um, so cut to some days later. Now, the Chronicle gets another um, note from from the from the zodiac right this is one thing he does he's always <clears throat> he's always sending these notes to them right but in this case now he takes this piece of the, the fabric like the, the, the shirt that the cab driver had and the stain in blood right and puts it into the um into the note and sends it to them right but is the note that is in is what he says at the any letter do that that's really creepy where he talks about how um you know, he, he threatens to shoot the tire of the school bus and pick off kids as they run out, you know what I mean? And instantaneously, I was reminded of, you know, that climactic scene in Dirty Harry, right? And I love that the movie brought up that movie, uh, brought Sorry. up that film as well, too, right. later on. I was like, yes, round of applause, Fincher. Exactly. That, you know what you're talking about. Yes, exactly. I love that. That's, that's all I like about it. You get into that, that whole aspect of pop culture feeding back into reality. And, you know, these unstable individuals... Yeah, yeah, they they ain't all of that. It's like, oh yeah, you probably just copy some shit and see from a movie. Like, yeah, this is that's actually happened apparently. But no, well, well, remember that movie was in that, that came out two years from the events. Well, where this film starts off to her. Right. Yeah. So yeah, and and th- this was another thing I was thinking about too while I was watching this before it even brought up the area. It's just how like all right, well, and you know if if remember that story was set in San Francisco, right? Okay. It's just that okay, there's a guy who's going around killing people. He hasn't been found as yet. But hey, let me just make a movie about this this hard nosed cop, right? Who's hunting hunting him down, and instead of the Zodiac killer, we we'll call him the Scorpio killer, right? It's not right. like anybody gonna know the difference, right? Yeah. I mean, I love Dirty Harry. I love that film. It is the best of the Dirty Harry series. But yeah. just for them to say two years later after that fact, yeah, let me make a movie about it, though. You know? yeah. yeah, just feeding, you know, real life feeding back, back and forth. You know, art imitates life, life imitates art, and all that bullshit. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, exactly, exactly, right. So there, and what what the show kneels well, uh, um, kneels as well is the identity of the Zodiac. We have no clue who he is, right? Um, and it always keeps us guessing, right? Case in point, there's a moment where the guy, this well, someone who claims to be the Zodiac, right, is calling the police. He's saying that he wants to, he he, he wants to call at this uh, morning talk show, right? I think it's right. Jim Dunbar, right? And he wants this guy called Melvin Capelli. I believe that's a sorry, not, not sorry, Belly. Melvin Belly, Melvin Belly to show um to, to 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 talk to right. Um, I didn't know this right, but because I'm still catching up on the you know TOS right. But apparently he appeared on Star Trek. He played the character right. of Gorgon. Um, right. Yeah. I, I just found out the fact that it was in season three right. So maybe Ricardo, you can fill me in on yeah, this. Yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember the character. I was like, oh yeah, right, yeah, he was in this. Yeah. So. Really creepy scene now where he actually calls the show, right? And he's talking about how he's experiencing all these headaches, and there's a moment where he screams and he's like, ah, and it's like, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't deal with this anymore. I got to go and kill someone. I'm gonna kill these kids, and then he hangs up, right? But then he calls back afterwards and says, you know what? Um, I'm gonna meet you at this um thrift store, which shows back up actually in the film. It actually shows back up, right? And then by the time like he shows up now, he's not there. And then the police find out, oh, he's actually a mental patient that just somehow escaped and this, you know, made this call. You know what I mean? So just love how you know Fincher was just brave enough to always like you know just dupe the audience like because yeah, I mean, legit me, I was thinking, oh, this is the real guy, and then you realize, well, no, it's not him, right? But yeah, any thoughts on on just you know that that moment? 
how idiotic the police were. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They they would, they would. Even yeah. right down to um having to tell Mike to tell the guy, no, we're not recording you. We're not we this I mean, we're not recording the call. No. Obvious. <laughs> and as soon as they get the location, they all speed to the location. It's like Olya. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. so stupid. Like yeah. <laughs> and you saw you noticed <laughs> on that one um helicopter that show up though. No, um at first I was wondering if it was a news shopper, but before we do it's probably the police as well, eh? But I was like, oh my god, all these people show up and it's like they wanted Melvin, right? But yeah, the incompetence of the cops in this movie, right? Um so yeah, cut to nineteen seventy now. Now we get that moment where uh a- a- another unsettling scene, right? This woman just driving down the road and she have a baby with her this man honking at her tell her, oh, something's off with one of your, one of your tires, right? He fixes it. She drives off now. The, 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 the tire comes off now. And then the Zodiac, sh- uh, well, who we assume is the Zodiac killer, shows up, dread, offers to take her to this gas station, right? And, you know, points for not showing the guy's face, right? right. Um, but then the scene ends now where, yeah, she's in the car now. And then, well, he just looks at her and tells her, before, before I, I kill, kill you, I kill I'm going to throw your baby, baby out the window. window. Yeah, and you see just feet a black thread. I like Jesus Christ, boy. But then the next scene comes in, and you see her just on the uh, on the on the road, just disheveled now. And then, well, this guy shows up, and you want to know what happened? And say, well, I jumped out the car, now, but all right, you jumped out the, the car, baby. so instantly you want to wipe the kid. Yeah, well, basically she just she just hit, hit hit the child in you know this grass off the road itself. And that. I was just like, back. yeah, in case uh, that, you came that, back. I was just like, that, 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 that was the only thing that was on really clear to me. Because again, I, I never read the book. So, uh, how did she get out with the baby? That I can follow that. That's a good question. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's a real good question. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I was glad that, that that I was glad that she was okay, boy. But geez, that build-up though was right. Huh. Yeah. Even though it's it's a fake out, so to speak, though. But right. yeah, that was yeah. an intense. But you see, that is only from the Zodiac killer thing. Is like you're not sure if that story was he really? wasn't necessarily the Zodiac no. Like it could just be another guy, or like you don't know. Like the way that's the sad part about this whole thing. Like, look, um, you know, um, what's his name? Robert, uh, you know, the Grace Smith. Right. Yeah, yeah. He, you're not sure how clear he was on the narrative of all, all, all of this, right? Unfortunately, because he was like out of the loop for, for a lot of it. He wasn't a police officer. He was just trying to write the book. We're not sure what happened between the time of him starting to write the book and then when the book was finally out. Um, you know, that's the thing. They still, they still keep a lot of this unclear. But from, from, for the sake of the movie, a lot of it works, to be honest. Like, whatever. Yeah, it does, it does, right? There's so a lot of unreliable to, narration going back and forth. That, that is my point. Yeah, yeah. So cut to 1971 now, because, yeah, again, the show is is is, cover, is spanning years. Eh? Yeah. So Dave has this, you're right, has this lead on this guy. He works at this refinery um, by the name of Arthur Lee Allen, right, who's played by John Carroll Lynch, right, uh, who may be Zodiac, who may be the right, Zodiac killer, right, because right? yeah, yeah. one of his friends I mean, saw him. Yeah, the film frames him as, as by far the most likely candidate for the thing. Yes. And to be fair, a lot of the evidence does line up with him. But is, there's a lot of evidence as to why not. Like, you know, once you read up his right. backstory, it's like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but, but how they how they stumble it because uh, one of his friends, well, former co-workers, I think notice him, you know, um right. taking out putting out sorry taking out or putting in these bloody knives now you know right. but then like yeah. they have this this interview and he says well you know it was i was cutting up some chicken right, right. and whatnot right random but, excuse <laughs> yeah r- random excuse right like you ever watch them like, knife or nothing <laughs> you know and and it's like every time he talking you know it's just like 
knows you because he mentioned about how the most dangerous game is his most favorite book in right, high school, right? Right. right yeah. Uh, and, you, you know, know he's wearing a zodiac watch that, because but, right. So there's there's another there's another reason why the, the film works because it 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 plays on that movie logic versus real life of you know subtext and 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 overtext and overtones in a movie. Yes, that makes sense. You have things like foreshadowing. Real life has no foreshadowing, and I like how they play with that. Like, yeah. Right. Fincher just play with that in that way. It's like, yeah, in a in a real movie, in a movie, he would be the guy because you know film language and visual language says so, storytelling says so. But no, mm-hmm. it, that doesn't have to be the case at all. Let's be clear. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because that's what I like about it. It feeds back into the, the non-reality of the whole thing. Um, that that kind of weird hyper reality that we live in. in um, with that, now Fincher really t- takes that into account. That's why I enjoy. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? Um, also, there's a moment earlier on where um, Paul mentions to Robert, hey, Zodiac is actually a brand watch, brand name of right. a watch, basically, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And in the interview, Arthur's wearing a, a Zodiac watch. He's like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. it had to be you, right? And right. then there's this thing going on that they mentioned that he was ambidextrous as well. And right. I think his friend, well, actually, either his friend or his brother, right, uh, mentions that he is as well, too. But they also bring up a point now that he used to work at um, this, um, this school, basically, but he was fired because of molestation charges. Yeah, he was a oh, pedophile, yeah. right? So it's like, yeah, it had to be you, it had to be you, be, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, so, you know, um, they, they, yeah, and actually, like, a year later on, they get more evidence. I, I, like, all right, that, we, that, that scene, that scene is very proto Mindhunter, like you know the interviewing the the yes. guy. And I love what they do with that because he just drink, he's like legit medicine and, and creepy as hell. Eh? The thing oh, is, he like, was, he was. For yeah, me, that's that, like, that, that, like that, homophobia, but uh, whatever, it's fine. Like you know, I expect something like that from like this at the time period, so whatever. Mm-hmm. But he kind of played, kind of played as kind of subtly queer, you know, to show he crosses legs and. Stuff like that. Yes, I forgot yeah, about that too. Like yes, that. he does. Yeah, he does and, do a little like, crossing as well too. You're right. They call him Robert Downey Jr.'s character with oh. his uh, possible, possible later homosexual. You know, they had to bring that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, with with the same bloody fabric in the cloth though, and it's right. it's, it's, it's Robert Downey's reaction to the, he's like, oh yeah. shit, fuck, yes, right? yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention too. There's a great gag that comes afterwards where um you know everybody else in the news will saying, oh well, my I am not Paul Avery, so they had these buttons. I am not Paul, right? Or I am not. I am not Avery, right? right. Uh, they, they say basically, so Zodiac looking for him because they take it that he he going to kill Paul specifically. Right. There, right. so everybody right. who any buttons will be will be will be um, spared now, right? But then you see even like Robert and all have have a button on. Right. <laughs> I thought that was like, yeah, because yeah, right, yeah. yeah, we could sell, we these, could sell. Right? yeah. But yeah, um, cut to, to a year later on literally, and the police get more evidence, and it's your warrant, right? And this is sort of. But again, you know me, going back to what you say, Ricardo, you know, with the film world and the real world, right? When they go into his, when the police go into his um, trailer, um, y- yeah, you're instantly thinking, oh, he's a guy because he's seeing yep. like squir- dead squirrels. Dead squir- yeah, the, the squirrels, yeah. over the open apartment. fridge and you see the squirrels inside. Yeah. Um, there's uh, the black gloves, there's guns in there, right? And then, yeah, yeah homeboy shows up afterwards and they arrest him. And then, well, afterwards, yeah, they they um they, they let him go because, yeah, the yep. ballistic don't match up. Prince right in. Prince don't match up, yeah. Yeah, 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 even, yeah, yeah. Even, even the army that's just up. Yeah. yeah. But afterwards, there's a great moment, one of the best scenes in this film, right? Where you, 
Dave is frustrated at this point, right? Because yeah. he was so dead bent on on on, on you know arresting Artena. Because again, it's not just you know um, Robert who's obsessed about this thing, but Dave as well. He wants to bring this guy down. Uh, Paul, not so much, right? But really, Robert and Dave, right? And the show wisely frames them as the main characters anyway in this right. film, right? But yeah, I love that you know the 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 super the superiors telling Dave, yo, just take a break, go see a movie, right? What is he going to see? Dirty Harry, right? Yeah. Well played, Fincher. Well played, right? I love how there's a moment where uh where he comes in now as that scene where they get the first letter from the Scorpio killer, and you could see Dave just kind of watch this thing with his wife now, and just like you could tell he just not liking this, right? He walks out, right? right. But is right afterwards. I I is is a great little moment here where you see Robert and well his new girlfriend Melanie, who's played by Chloe, right? They're there watching the same film as well, right? But there's a shot though where they get to the moment and well, of course not seeing the screen, but hear the 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 um the sound off screen, right? The infamous um school bus scene. This is where the, the, the Scorpio killer goes on um enters the school bus right near the end of the film, right? And you see just a few seconds of of uh of Robert just kinda twitching in his seat because it upsets him right because um that moment uh, when his zodiac talk about how he was going to be killing you know school kids it's a great moment where you saw just how concerned he was for his son right so yeah seeing him in the cinema and that moment now and how he twitched that was great but it cuts right afterwards mm-hmm. where he walks outside and you know he tells um he tells he tells um dave oh they they, they, they shot the killer in the chest right but what they think about it is like, no, well, Robert stuck through the entirety of the film there. He didn't walk out the moment he saw the school bus scene, you know what I mean? But just that, though, in terms of just expectations, in terms of how characters should react to the Zodiac Killer and seeing a version of him on screen with this movie, I thought was fantastic, though. That was just a brilliant, flawless moment, in my opinion. Um, and then we just get this great little sound montage, just this audio, audio, uh, audio montage, basically, where we're hearing top 10 hits, but we're also hearing news reports. We're hearing about, um, uh, we're hearing about, um, what, that's what Watergate, right? You're hearing about, um, Chairman Mao. You're hearing about Hoffa's disappearance, right? Right, yeah, yeah. And all the news stuff. Is, yeah, right. yeah, all the news stuff, right? And you're hearing all these, these top 10 hits, you're hearing some disco stuff here, there, right? And there's 1977, right? So I was just blown away the whole, so much years this movie covering, right? Yeah. Um, and, I'll bring this up near the end too, right? Where they they they, they try to make um Jake look older, so he has stubble on his face. So I guess that counts as him being older, right? But whatever, right? Um, but we learned that that Paul left, right? Because yep. earlier on they established that he was an alcoholic, yep. so the 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 boss didn't, didn't was having none of that. So he fired him, and um this guy replaced him by um Adam Goldberg. I'm like what you were this too? Like shit? Like okay, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, even um Jack, who's Dave's partner and all too. He leaves like he 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 puts it a transfer to to fraud now because like yo we 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 in this case for years or like yeah, well, five much, yeah. years nothing coming out of it right because it's really at this point there's been no killings at this point in time right but um and and something I forgot about this movie here Robert however he is still obsessed over this though like Dave is as well too because he just wants to bring the son of a bitch down right but Robert is just like flat out obsessed though but it makes sense given the the character that he is because yeah he feels like yeah you know the cops slip up they they probably miss some facts so 
from this point on, you are just following Robert now as he's going back to, um, you know, to to the to the police department, trying to get, you know, trying to acquire evidence there. You know, what I mean notes and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, he even runs into Dave as well too, and they have like a nice little chat and whatnot, right? And Dave feeds him a little information as to who to go by and all right. that kind of stuff, right? But it's just seeing Robert just really go deep, do this deep dive now. This montage where he's just pulling up old cases and all that kind of stuff and you're just like wow like again this is this is pre um this is this is pre nightcrawler where right? there's that obsession right. in terms of you know just uncovering this truth of this killer though I, I i love that in terms of of, of character development um i don't know if you guys have anything to weigh on robert's you know change in the film well for me I just find it weird that his wife got with him just because he was a reporter investigating the Zodiac. Right. Yes, yes, I forgot to mention too. So the, the night of the first date was when Paul, you know, was meeting with some informant and he was concerned that Paul was going to get killed by the, by the Zodiac there because of the, the, the stuff that he print, um, on you know, with the homosexual stuff there and yeah like he he goes home and she 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 tags along and he's just there with only forward and all that kind of stuff yeah. you know what i mean it's, it's crazy but yeah for her to just stick with him through all this boy is is amazing even though um it, it makes sense that eventually she she would leave him you know yeah. at this point because like yo it's like you don't even care about the family anymore you're just like real obsessed over this shit right yeah exactly yeah, anything else you want to win yeah, no, their their relationship evolves in an interesting way. Um, in that sense, now of of him being obsessed, but but the, the fact that he just he seems to be taking these risks, and it's almost as if he he deliberately trying to fish out the Zodiac killer to come after him. It's almost like that now. Like he he making these incredibly like putting himself on TV and putting his face out there and putting his in a in an article because the, the Zodiac killer is also is also pretty obsessive and will track him down. Like the, the way the, the film again, if it, because you know real life didn't play out like that, but the film frames it as if well, you know, you're gonna confront him eventually in that sense. Um, and they eventually do that, kind of. Yes, yes, um, kind of, yeah, yeah, right. which, which I'm going to get to, right? right? So yeah. um, while all this is going, right, he actually gets a call from this anonymous source, right? This this anonymous person, right? Um, he says, well, you know, I know the identity of, of the killer, right? His name is, um, his, his name is, just read it off here, uh, Rick Marshall, right? Right. Um, and his friend, the Zodiac's friend, um, Bob Vaughn, actually used to work at this old cinema, basically, right? And Rick actually had him um, keep this film canister because apparently he used to, you know, film his, you know, his murders basically, right? Um, and eventually he does meet with Bob, right? And this is where we get the moment, um, again, one of the creepiest moments in the film, right? Where he takes him to his house basically on this rainy night, right? And while I watched this, Jared, I was, I was get, uh, it was, it was just evoking, um, you know, prisoners, right? Which um, also, right. which featured. Right. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Paul Dano, who appears in the Batman, right? But just you know, this 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 um creepy looking guy, you know what I mean? Like, this the sharpest looking individual head. Yes, it, it does as well too, especially with yeah. the beast scene. I love how how Robert says, um, you know, um, not that many people have beast beds in San Francisco, right? But you do, right? Right. But yeah, but the guy, you know, is talking about, oh well, you know, he, um, you know, Rick used to work with me and all that kind of stuff, and then, um, and then Robert shows him, you know, some some evidence that they had there where he, you know, because the killer was doing some drawings as well too. And he says, well, no, well, I did the drawings as well, and you know, um. Robert is disappointed, right? And he's like, well, yeah, well, best I go. But, you know, the guy's like, wait, wait, hold on, right? I want to show you something in the basement. I want to show you, you know, the, the, the casters and whatnot, right? Even though he told him that he gave back the cast, right? And that's where, like, you know, you as, as a viewer is just like, oh, shit, this guy is a killer. 
why is he moving this creepy? Why is he taking him into into this basement, right? You know, but I don't, don't want to go, go into, into don't go in the basement, dude. Don't, don't go into the basement, right? But I don't want to go into full details as to what happens, though. But I would say in terms of just um, you know tension, that's how it builds the tension. Yeah, it it does keep you on your toes, but the cinematography um is you know appropriately you know like dimly lit and all that kind of stuff. And just the way how they make um Bob look in the scene though is just straight up creepy, dread. So yeah, you're not surprised at the end of the day at, at the end of it all when Robert just like legit runs up and just storms outside the house, right? <laughs> you, you don't blame him. Like the guy is legit scared though. But yeah, that that scene is is fantastic as well though. I don't know if guys have have anything to weigh on that whole Bob Robert interaction scene there just brought back breaking tension dude <laughs> oh like running <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. When, he goes, when he goes running and he reaches to the door and he's he's trying to, to get out and then dude comes up to the to the door and just kind of like unlocks it for him like you really thought like if this was a different kind of movie this is the point there where you know right. somebody gets stabbed right exactly um, right you know, and between him already wet from the from the from the rain, and you can sense his own sweat and his own um, fear, and just running out like a mad person into his into his car. Good night, Mister. You know, whatever his name is. Um, that for me was a whole heights on itself, but it did give me Ralph's Silence of the Lambs kind of vibe for it. Yeah, it, it does, especially at that moment with um. Yeah, you remember when Judy Foster was investigated, Bill, and you know, Bill had the goggles, right? You know, you, right. you remember that scene, right? You love that scene, right? Yeah, I oh, um, yeah. also forgot to mention too, during that, that cover between Robert and Bob, he brings up the most dangerous game. That was the right. movie that was playing. But then you learn earlier on that um, it was played actually in, you know, around the time when the first Zodiac murder, murder sorry, took place, right? That it was screening at a point in time when before the murder, before that first murder, sorry, t- took place, right? But yeah, um, so while all this is going on, I mean Robert's obsession just reached his fever fever point, right? Um, to the point that yeah, Melanie like leaves him at home basically, right, to solve this case, right? Um, and he even like you know gets more information. He runs into a friend of Darlene. If you remember, Darlene was the one who got killed at the beginning of the film, right? And then she brings up this guy that that um, was looking creepy that he had met during some party or something like that. And then um, well, she says the name. It was Arthur. Oh, sorry. Well, she brings up the name Lee. It's like, Lee. oh, it's, it's, it's it was Arthur then. Right. Now our heads are thinking, it's Arthur all along, right? It's Arthur, right? Hey, right? So, um, and the birthday was the day that he, well, on the birthday right. itself. There's a, there's, this a, was the um, interesting part. Where, right. Where, so there's a bit basically where um, he, yeah. he called uh, Melvin um, on his birthday, right? But right. Melvin was out. He 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 actually went on some African safari. Yeah, he gave that answer, right, and said, um, "You say about how he had to kill. It was his birthday, right? Right. But you know, because the guy wasn't there to respond, I don't think he did. Ki- he, he did kill anybody on that day, right? I don't think right. so. Yeah, because he was disappointed. And Melvin didn't reach out to him, right? But yeah, once those things come into place, now now the audience is thinking, yes, it is him. It is. It, it was Arthur all along, right? There's a great moment actually where you know now um Robert is knocking on Dave's door, right? And again, Dave is sleeping. Um and, and you know he, he talks him. He's a, and, he, and he just had it up to here with Robert and his and his Yeah, yeah. He he's had enough dread. Like they, they literally drag his name through the press for various reasons as well, too. But he's done, right? But you know, he actually like sits down and listens to him and is like, Yeah, yeah, you're making sense, you're making sense, right? But I love how <laughs> he just kind of ends it by saying, go finish that book, right? Because um, actually, I forgot to mention, there's a scene um, in the late 70s, though, where he, where Robert actually confronts Paul, right? Who um, 
is you, you see him like living on this boat. He yeah. It could, he he actually is revealed to have um some some illness. We actually it's revealed what the illness is near the end of the film, right? Right. Um, right. you know, from from all the drinking and smoking and stuff that he was doing, and he brought up the idea of Paul writing this novel based on the Zodiac killer. Right. He's like, well, nah, I. I don't really do this shit anymore, Jeremy. You should do it because you know a lot too, right? And, and because and of the care. obsession. And so give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, right. I think, I think yeah, at, the, at that point in time, Paul just stopped caring. He just right, yeah, he just kind of checked out completely. He, he just I, wanted I, to stay home and play I, Pong, Jeremy. Like, right, he was right, playing yeah. Pong. <laughs> but I really liked um I really like that they get into the apathy of the whole thing. Like this is the main reason why the stuff does just happen and you, you know, only years later we live in with a generation that's super into social justice and fixing the past. Um, you have all of these cool cases being solved now, but yeah, back in that time, sorry, you had to life went, life goes on, and life goes on like the man didn't you're, you're kill here. for four years, you know what I mean? So, I, I like, and, and I like, he didn't send any messages to, exactly. to the newspaper companies at all, so just like, I, well, I, yeah, yeah, and I like that it gets into, well, why it is that he's still doing this, and you know, yeah, you know, it, it, it have the kind of nobody else will do it kind of mindset now, which I like, so I really like how they frame that conceit. I have no idea if that's the real story, no idea, yeah, but, I, I well, assume that. Let me just say ninety five percent of what we see in this movie is real, quote unquote, right? Right, right, right. So yeah. much, much to my surprise, I thought that this movie was just going to stick in one decade. We cut to nineteen eighty three, though, and yep. we see okay. Robert now going. I believe it's into the same thrift store that um, that he had wanted that the Zodiac had wanted um, Melvin to meet him at, right? And well, speaking of which, Arthur's working there now, right? And this okay. is where you brought up the thing with the, the calendar because I think they had um the calendar was for 1980, but it was in yeah. the right? Yeah. So he comes in and notices Arthur, right? Robert notices Arthur, right? And Arthur asks, Can I help you, right? Then right. Robert says, No. Oh, and you see them just kind of watch each other, like, Yeah, you could tell, yes. Oh, I know, I know yeah. what you're about, I know what you're, I know what you're about. Each person knows what the other person is about, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. Robert leaves. I love that. That's just brilliant. You don't have to say anything, right? And then again, much to my surprise, we we just we just skip in um years now, cut to 1991 now, and the Zodiac novel is out, it's a bestseller. And also, is this is just a, a smart but it's a logical choice um, in terms of the film now? Uh, we don't see the lead, we don't see the main characters at all, right? We don't see them. And when they think about it, it makes sense because I mean, it's 1991, sure. Like, I mean, this 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 movie, you know, done done cost a lot of money. Like, you already need to go out all the way to to add prosthetics to the face. So, oh, this is how they look now in 1991. It's like no, like. What we saw before, that was their story, but their story is over and this film is wrapping up. So it makes sense not to have these main characters show up. I know, like, you know, in a traditional film, you know, you, you, you kind of have to see them before the, you know, we cut to credit, um, to Blackner. But having them be excluded in this final sequence, I think, was a, a, a brilliant choice, right? But yeah, so now we, we reached, uh, well, Jack himself, right? And he runs into, well, he actually, um, that runs into actually, yeah, she has a meeting with uh, Michael Mago, right? Who's actually, well, the guy who survived the murder right. that we saw at the beginning, yes, right? At this yeah, airport yeah. in Ontario, right? And it's in relation to what happened in 1969 when he got shot, right? And right. <laughs> I, I, I think I could be wrong with this, right? But this, you know, this is where Jack shows like these uh, photos, right? But this is like the first time you see this this technique used in the film. Now. So now I'm wondering, right. well, like this wasn't like present at all in the 70s, all right? Like, maybe not. Like, because I, I feel like if they had done this earlier on in the film, 
we we the problem would have been solved. We could have found the killer one time, but it's like no, it's just all the ciphers and notes and all that kind of stuff, right? But whatever, right? So yeah, he just show a bunch of pictures like who yeah who's the guy who shot you, and then well he point at Arthur's face, right? But yeah, um, there's a signature on top, so Arthur clearly changed his name or probably gave a false name, right? And it's like well yeah, he's the guy who shot him back in '69, and that was it. And the show ends there, right? But we get some clues and text in the end. So basically, they say that um, the authorities were planning to meet with Arthur to discuss um, charging him for these Zodiac murders, right? But he suffered a fetal heart attack. Womp, mm-hmm. womp, womp. Mm-hmm. Too late, right? Mm-hmm. Dumb cops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in 2004, uh, the San Francisco police deactivated the Zodiac investigation. The case is yeah. still open, at least at the time of this movie coming out, though, and they still say that Arthur is the prime and only subject, um, suspect, right? Mean, right, uh, you mean, right, yeah. Right, um, as far as um, Paul, you know, Robert Dowdy's um, junior character go, he, you know, died. Um, you know, it was some... MC, uh, I think it's MC, he had or something, something along that line. I think it is he had, right? Um, David retired, you know, many years ago. And well, Robert, according to the, uh, according to the film, is it? enjoys, yeah, emphysema, that's what it is, sorry, right? Yeah. Um, Robert, you know, according to the film, enjoys a healthy relationship with his children, which kind of implied that, you know, maybe he's not with his wife. But then again, I don't know, right? I don't know. I don't know Robert Griswith. I don't know his backstory. I don't know what he's up to now or what that, right? And the film ends right there, right? So, um, in closing, um, as far as me ranking, you know, this film as far as, you know, um, Fincher's films, right? I'll put it like this. Uh, right. Fight Club is number one for me. Uh, Fight Club is number one for me, sorry. Um, seven is number two. I would still put stuff like uh, Gone Gil is, is number three for me. Um, and I would put Zodiac somewhere between four and five, right? Um, there's a there's another great film of his. It escapes me right now. Oh, right. I would kind of have this up above Panic Room. But because I haven't seen oh. Panic Room in a long while, you Mm-mm. know, I, I have it as a four. But I feel like if I watch Panic Room again, I might switch it, right? But yeah, this is definitely a top five as far as Fincher movies go, in my opinion, right? Um, not saying that all of his films are, you know, masterpieces, right? But I, you know, I make the argument. Same thing, like I said, with my seven review. After what happened with Alien Tree, boy, like after that, boy, if yeah. everything was just straight W's, you know, he has made no L's, no yeah. L's. Every film he put everything he did, and all of it worked, right? Uh, I mean, there are a few films you might not like compared to others, right? But now, nah, when it comes to his filmography after Eden Tree, Street wins, right? And this is another shining example of that, man. It's not just in terms of recreating crime scenes, right? The the meticulous detail, but also the era itself. Um, yeah, I forgot to mention too, these moments um, like where you see news programs and the way how it looks, like the the you know the actual logo. It looks very seventies. The commercials that they use, like there's a Slinky episode. Um, sorry, advertisement. There's a moment. Um, involving you know uh, Robert at home with his kids and you're hearing Scooby-Doo in the background right how ironic right Scooby-Doo ha right um, just that attention to detail but I know a lot of directors wouldn't even do that but I felt like you know um, you know Fincher clearly wanted to, to do the subject matter you know service right justice right so yeah it's just how he just recreates his will for us right um, the decision to just have these events play out like Oh, two days later, three days later, one year later, two years later. I thought it was perfect as well, too. Okay, yeah, you're thinking that this thing was just like, you know, a few years, but no, this span decades, right? And you see that play out over the course of like what, two hours and forty minutes, right? Um acting across the board, 
just just brilliant, right? From Jake General Hall to Mark Ruffalo, Robert Downey Jr., right? I was honestly thinking that Robert would have had more, you know, time in the film. Like, all right, like he's there a lot, right? But I thought the film was going to be about the three of them now. But really, what they think about is really about Jake and Mark as they're the, the, the most, they are the more obsessive out of the three, to be honest, right? But yeah, um, and, and also uh, what, what the show really means, uh, that's, this is at the heart of the story, is yeah just our obsession uh, obsession with yeah just the dark side of humanity right um to you know in this case oh the zodiac killer who is the killer how can he do these things how he get away with with these things why would he be willing to to let the you know the world know that he killed people like you know and we all like trying to get into the mindset of this killer right and then you just find ourselves going down this rabbit hole as well right so yeah you don't blame a guy like robert or a guy like dave for for, for going deep into it as well too right um and also finally i do like how untraditional how unconventional you know as, as far as hollywood movies go uh this film is right even right down to scene well yeah, we didn't really find a killer, and we have had all these opportunities, and we still didn't catch him, right? So I know for some people probably seeing this for the first time, they'd be kind of disappointed, like, yeah, we want to see the killer get caught, and we want to see some horror stuff, but that's that's not how things play out. And I love that Fincher was brave enough to say, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna keep things the way how they were, and not you know water it down or glamorize it for you know the viewer, right? The viewer has to go into this knowing what to expect, right? And yes, it is a slow burn. You have to kind of be in a mood to see it. But I would say that, yeah, if, if you're going just locked into it, yeah, you will be you'll you'll be entertained by by this though from start to end, man. So retail wise for me, I'm gonna give this uh, a, a light four and a half out of five, man. This is easily one of Fincher's best works though. It's a shame it took me 15 years to realize this. But yeah, this this is up there, man. This this is a great film. Um I still have seven and and fight club over this though. But yeah, when it comes to great um films or one of the you know when we talk about some of his great works yeah so the academy mentioned man so uh ricardo uh final thoughts on rita oh uh, yeah for me um it, i think because you know we had so much extra stuff since this came out but this was the, the proto the template for all of that stuff so if you're into crew crime podcast or even mindhunter other other fincher stuff that comes after um this doesn't really uh i won't say hold up but it doesn't you know land as well to be honest right um but back then this movie really scratched that itch and it worked really well so i'll still rank it quite high uh even though watching it back recently it's like oh, okay i wasn't that impressed with it or that wowed with it um in in, in retrospect but still you know i like it a lot and i enjoy it i give it uh, is you know probably my fourth or fifth best fincher film i'm rating yeah some amount of 10 probably closer to eight yeah all right all right uh fair enough fair enough uh daniel final thoughts on rating Final thoughts. It's a decent mystery thriller. I en- enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, you can't go wrong with a David Fincher film. I would put this slightly above Gone Girl, but ever so slightly. Um, I, g- I give it a 7 to 8 out of 10. Great performances about- across the board from Jake Gyllenhaal, Mark Ruffalo, uh, Robert Downey Jr., everybody's great everybody's not everybody's good doing a thing i i say it's a really decent film please check it out if you can yes 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 and uh to close things off uh final thoughts and written tracy i'm gonna i'm gonna give it uh i'm thinking about it now and i would legitimately give it a seven out of ten for me um the length is fine i don't have a problem with the length i don't have a problem with any of that i think the acting was cool um 
it was kind of hilarious to see Robert Downey Jr. be Robert Downey Jr., you know, if, if you know what I mean, in terms of how <laughs> he operated there. Mm. Um, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the cinematography, the vibe of the look of it. Um, and especially given where we're heading into next, I was like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, there's a lot of nods there um, that worked itself out. In terms of Fincher's movies, I am like I am one of those people who have seen uh, Panic Room quite a few times. Me and mom would sit down and watch Panic Room. That's that, that was a thing. Uh, so it's Panic Room and it's Seven. And to be honest with you, while I was watching this, there were a few times in it is like I I really need to rewatch Seven. I really need to go back and watch. So this is sort of triggering me to go back and watch Seven. Uh, so I would put this underneath those two. Um, and then, you know, we can talk about like Mank and that kind of thing. Um, but yes, <laughs> seven, 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 let's go with seven to seven and a half out of ten for me. It's fine. This is good. This is a good movie. All right. Nice, nice, nice. And uh, last but not least, man, let's talk about one of the year's most highly anticipated films. The Batman. Yes, that was me <laughs> trying to, to to do, you know, um, still, in my opinion, one of the most underrated, you know, Batman cartoons ever. The Batman. Yeah, I saw your post about that 2008. One. Yes, I'll, I'll post a, a thing on, on Facebook about it, right? Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I was always a fan. Like, of, of course, uh, the, the animated series is, is up there, right? One of the best, right? Um, second place, of course, would be like Batman Beyond, right? But I have a soft spot for the Batman. I actually used to watch right. this um, on, you know, what uh, I think it was before the WB. CW. It was, yeah, yeah, WB, right? WB. It was from WB 11 to WB, right? So I used yeah. to watch it on Kids WB, right? Yeah, I used to watch that, like, religiously. Saturday mornings, all five seasons, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it made some interesting calls, um, but some some kind of bad calls uh, overall. Um, yeah. and well, I, I, love, I, I just love that joke, to be honest. Um, oh, yeah, that, that, that kind oh, of yeah, Joker. Joker. I call him Jungle Joker. But yeah. Yeah, Jungle Joker who could do uh, no, sorry. Yeah, he could fight. Uh, I remember I remember Fucking Penguin rough. for some reason knowing how to do Kung Fu. It was weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. but what that's just quickly on that though. Why I just always love what just the look of it. It was like um kids got. That's how I'll describe it. It has like a gothic look to it though. But like if you notice the skies always look kind of pink, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's it's light on the eyes we see. So kids can watch then not feel creeped out or feel like, oh, this is dark and threatening like if you watch the, the animated series, right? But my yeah, nit- all that is a, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying my nitpick with that, um, that show and it's like tiny, tiny. It's the idea of like, I think it was season three. They changed the music from that Goth rock inspired. Oh yeah, which I love. Is. I, I always thought it was it was very U two. It, it was always it was very U two, especially that yes. uh, man. It's all very very Bono in my opinion. Like so, we had that, and that was a that was a cool intro. Actually, I kind of used that as an inspiration when I was trying to get a client or figure out a jingle. Um, so <laughs> there's that. But then they changed that into this kind of quasi fun sixties Adam West. Oh, and I was not a fan of that. I mean, the show itself was good, but I was like, nah, this is flip table kind of bullshit. I hate when shows do things like that. That was my only real nitpick with it, to be honest. Right, right, And, you know, Rasta Joker was always fun to to look at. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Rasta Joker. (laughs) Yeah. No, seriously, if you watch it over, it's Rasta Joker, right? With, you know, it was was weird. But, yeah. The Rasta Joker Joker who know monkey-style kung fu, is it? Yes, I was like, characters know kung fu in this in this world for some reasons. But anyway, right? But yeah, but you know, it's not about that show. But I just always I just find it so funny that you know this movie here is actually based off of you know 
sorry, the title, it shares the same title with the Batman TV series, right? Which I watched in the 2000s, right? But anyway, uh, the Batman, right? Um, not gonna spend too long, you know, with the pre-ramble. Um, you know, we saw the, you know, the the the, the first trailer fit uh, with the, you know, the Nirvana song, and we were like, all right, well, sorry, this was uh, in the first, uh, the first incarnation of uh, DC fandom. Like, all right, movie still in pro- um, progress. All right, still being made. All right, but. It looking cool. We were picking up on the seven vibes like almost instantly, right? But in the second, um, you know, uh, in the second um, fandom, which uh, myself, Ricardo, Tracy, and Cece, uh, we 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 covered in terms of what happened when that mean trailer dropped. Though, yeah, our our jaws hit the floor when we heard Michael um, Gacchino's score, especially in the last few seconds of it. We were just like, yes, this is awesome. This is amazing, right? And we were just like, for me, I just could wait for, for this movie to drop, right? And well, so said, so done. It dropped um, in theaters. It will be out in HBO Max very soon. Uh, we all made sure to see it theatrically because, I mean, why not, right? And yeah, here we are. You know, The Batman. So, uh, Ricardo, if you don't mind, uh, just want to do a synopsis on what The Batman is about. Sure. Um, the Batman, um, Bruce Wayne, The Batman is the Batman for his second year now. And yes. Basically, so a bunch of crimes start happening involving people, kind of popular people, famous people, getting wiped out and, and t- taken out by this person, um, leaving messages for Batman himself and also riddles for you to solve. And you're wondering, well, what you have to do? And basically the story gets into, well, Batman, the Batman, and Bruce Wayne himself, his something involving his history, and he might be connected to these crimes a little closer. Um, also tied into uh, a nightclub worker named Selena Kyle, and who she is, and why it relates to this. And yes, yeah, it's, it's hijinks and comic book shenanigans ensue, with a yes, lot of yes, rain yes. for some reason. A lot of rain, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'll, I'll bring up, right? So um, just just before we, you get to your thoughts, Ricardo, just want to let you all know uh, we will have a spoiler-free section, which will start now, and then we will have a spoiler section, so you just let you all know when the spoilers will begin, right? And that's when we're not going to go too deep into details because we've only seen the show once, and I imagine we all want to see it again um, just to pick up on more things. But there there are certain things that uh, did, did, did stand out that, you know, I, I, I think that we should bring up in this uh, review here. So, uh, Ricardo, just, just right off the bat, um, your your honest thoughts on the Batman. I I liked it. Um, uh, didn't expect it to be as good as it was. I was expecting it to be, like, just, like, a Nolan kind of fan film kind of thing. Like, I was expecting, well, the Dark Knight, but just with Riddler. And we get a little bit of that, but... Um, no, they, they they made it really work for what it was. Um, uh, There's a joke I missed when we did review for Kimmy, but I'll make the joke now. Uh, Doja Cat Woman was pretty good. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. She should really get the Doja Cat look down. You know, right. <laughs> in this film in particular. Boy. Yeah, wow, but, uh, wow, 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 wow. wow. You know, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, but I thought she was she was pretty good in this. Um, you know, just overall, it, it felt like something. Well, so, so I'm just gonna get into like small complaints, but nothing to, to mention. Um, I, I thought it should have, it could have been longer because as it was, it felt really cut to the bone, edited wise. Given what story they wanted to tell, the effectively it's kind of like two mysteries in one, kind of nested within the other. Um, but but I, I thought uh, we're getting to that, that extra thought of what what could have been done instead. But casting was solid. You know, Pattinson uh, was pretty good. You know, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pattinson. Yeah, that, that's that's going to be his yeah. name going forward. Eh? Yeah, Bat, Bat and Bat, right? So uh, he was good. Circus as Alfred was, was good. Uh, Jeffrey Wright as Gordon was great. Um, 
Colin Farrell as Penguin. You you really lose him in our makeup. Like uh, you know, I know, I, right? For a hot minute, for a hot minute, I was like, oh yeah, it's only because I watched the trailer. I was like, oh yeah, right, that's that Colin Farrell, right? Um, as I mentioned, Zoe Kravitz as, as Doja Catwoman, pretty good. And the most inspired choice of all, John Turturro's as Carmine Falcone. I did not yes. expect him to be as as awesome as he was. I didn't uh, expect him to be in the movie like at all. I was surprised. Right, right. Like, what? Well, I know you. I know you casted, but I didn't know. Okay, okay. I th- I thought it would have been like a side thing. Like I didn't think you know it would have been as big as it was. No. Um, the only thing that kind of disappointed me, but I, but it it felt plausible and workable. But it, he he underwhelmed a little bit. Was Dana was Riddler, right? He wasn't bad or anything. All right, all right. But um, I, I think I hyped myself up too much because I expected a ledger type performance. Uh, I didn't get that. Uh, but but you're still fine. You're still fine for what it was. Um, but yeah, look. Uh, you know, just just quick quick thing. Um, uh, Matt Matt Reeves really did his thing. He's another director that just just give me Ws. Um, he you know he give me them apes. He give me Cloverfield. You know, it's, it's some good shit. He gave um, us let 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 me in. Like, let, right, probably yeah, still one of the yeah. best horror remakes ever. Right. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, it felt like a like how I think about it is like it it have a, a high a highly stylish approach to the Gotham thing, but it also felt at the same time a kind of grounded mix of Nolan's Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. And it, it felt yes. like the fix in this, it felt like it fixed a couple problems I had with Dark Knight Rises in some ways. And then we get a pinch of, like, it had a little vibe of Gotham as well, and some of the DC Black approach, right, you know, in terms of how to how they tell the stories with really catering to certain aesthetics of 70s filmmaking and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it, we just get a nice, a nice gumbo, a nice soup of Batman fanness and um, law and it's how stuff come together. And I can imagine somebody not loving this. Right, but I can also imagine somebody really loving this, and I'm I'm more in the really loving this camp. Right, I can in good conscience still say I love it as much as the Dark Knight, and only for one simple reason: this came after, you know, this came what close to 15 years after, wherever it is. Um, you know, it it has so much comic book movies and so many things, and in 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 that way, it have that um, it's kind of like what Bumblebee is to the Transformers franchise. It come after the fact, so even though it does a lot of stuff that I always wanted Batman movies to do. It kind of come too late because we kind of get out of the system talking about it on the internet for so long. So by the time a movie did it, it's like, all right, well, this itch kind of done get scratched in many ways, whatever. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I really appreciated that. Yeah, we get yeah, a solid detective story. It's not the best detective story, but what they do with it ultimately with the final reveals and, and plot-wise, I, I actually really like it um, for what it is. Even though as a detective story, the, the detectiveness wasn't all that great. But given what the story was about, that didn't matter. And it's actually, that actually serves the story, to be honest, right? Given we do with some of the bigger plot reveals later. Um, rating, just a quick, you know, I just, I really liked it. I'll, well, I'll probably give rating at the end. Well, here, well we I, can give ratings now, actually, you know, especially yeah, uh, for those yeah. who, who do want to listen to the spoiler right, section. Okay, right, so. okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, rating. For me, I'll give it like an easy 8 out of 10. Um, I, I didn't, I had a couple problems with it, a um, couple nitpicks with the action, I, I was underwhelmed with a lot of some of that, but what they're trying to say and do, and then the big, like the line, there's a line, or say a certain word that comes back full circle that really, really makes it work, and as, when that, when that happened, I was like, all right, this, this, this ties together really well, um, there's a simple word, vengeance, and it really, really works, um, and why, why it comes back full circle. Uh, yeah, eight out of ten for me. Uh, uh, I thoroughly loved it. Um, I can't. I don't think it dethrones the Dark Knight, but it's it's up there. And if you think it dethrones the Dark Knight, I'm actually not gonna fight you on that because I could totally understand why you might think that. Um, to be honest, but uh, but I really, really, really enjoyed this for what it was. All right. Um, well, just for me to jump in, right? So I will use that whole Dark Knight to 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 kick things off, right? Um, so for me, the Dark Knight is still up there as the best Batman movie. Um, just because of 
that's just how much ground it covers as a story, but the emotional weight though that that it had in it, right? Um, even right now to the point, uh, I'll confess this that that final shot where 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 Batman you know flees cops and you know he had you know uh what is my uh Gordon son say but he didn't do anything wrong. Every time I see that water works you know. I am not gonna lie. That that yeah, that moment uh, legit brings yeah, me to tears. This. You know, it is yeah. so crushing, though, and especially seeing how what 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 Batman goes through. You know, just the tragedy of it all, right? You know, just the emotional weight is the reason why I would have the Dark Knight up there, right? But with this one here, even though it didn't hit me on an emotional level, unfortunately, because I, you know, it. it like I know it's gonna be dark. I know it's gonna be grim, right? But I was just kind of hoping that you know. At least there will be something else to that emotionally. Like I don't want to go in scowling and walk out scowling, you know what I mean? But um, but yeah, even though it didn't hit me as emotionally as the Dark Knight did, um, I would still put this right underneath the uh the Dark Knight as far as best Batman films go, right? And just to let you know where the uh, where the others are, uh, what the other three are in top five. If you're talking top five, uh, number three, Batman Returns. I still think that this is the best Tim Burton Batman movie. In my opinion, uh, number four, I'm going to give it to Batman Begins. And number five, I'm going to give it to Dark Knight Rises. Yes, I wanted a few people who defend that movie. But yes, as far as a trequel goes, I think it is brilliant. I think it brings the, the, the uh, it ends the trilogy off on a somewhat high note and an operatic note, I should say. Uh, even though it has flaws as well. I mean, noticeable flaws and whatnot, right? Um, speaking of that, though, uh, with, the, with the Nolan trilogy, right? I feel like... The unfortunate thing about this movie here, right, is that even while I was watching this, right, I know a lot of people will always will see certain scenes in this film and be like, oh yeah, this this is familiar with what happened in Batman Begins. This is familiar with what happened in Dark Knight. This is familiar with what happened in Dark Knight Rises, right? And yeah, like even though I was trying to block that, that thought out, I couldn't help but think, yeah, this was like that film, and this was like that film, right? And you know, I understand both Reeves and Nolan drew from similar, you know, source material, you know, comic books and whatnot, like, uh, you know, like what is my uh, long Halloween, you know, year one and stuff like that, right? So it's understandable, but you know, I guess it's just the unfortunate side of it all. Like, you know, yes, I, I mean, I appreciate, I really do respect the fact that Reeves did his own thing, but still, because of the impact that, that Nolan's films made. Yeah, it's kind of hard to watch even something like this and, and, and not think of, you know, the Nolan trilogy, right? But I guess that's just the way it is, right? It's not that you can really change, right? But it is what it is, right? But as far as, like, its own film, though, I thought that this was fantastic, man. In terms of the will itself, it, like, this this film deals the darkness, the grittiness, the griminess of it all, though. Like, you know, that's when you think Gotham was dark, though. Yeah, this film comes in me going even darker with this one. To the point that there's there's moments where you're watching things like, well, why have it, why why everything so dimly lit though? You know what I mean? Uh, well, at least that's why I noticed when I saw it theatrically. I feel like if I watch it home, it'd be a little clearer. Uh, but still, like but but one thing I do love though is that uh, in the in the narration that uh, that that Batman does, I'll talk about narration in the spoilers. Uh, he does mention about you know uh, looking into the shadows, but I am the shadows, right? I love that shadows are a, a major point in the film. Uh, 
both visually and narrative wise right yeah visually even in exteriors right and interiors of course right there's a lot of shadows being used where it just sets up this this wheel this wheel of corruption as well um you could tell that you know matt reeves was looking at films like see the godfather yes uh, i even looked it up yes godfather was one of the primary inspirations for this film right so you could see that in, in this film as well too right um also a lot of bleed runner worship as well too there's a lot of rain in this film though but i'll bring this up in the spoiler as well I, I, I love how it ties up how, how it comes back uh, symbolically in the film as well right uh, in the in the two deck right but yeah visually this is a gotham or like anything you've seen before uh, it just looks so un, 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 uh, uncompromising though just so grim and dark and yeah this is yet another film where you come out of this like why do people even live in gotham gotham is the worst city in the world why would Bruce want to stay there, right? But, you know, given the context issue, you understand, right? Um, acting across the board was fantastic by Robert, Robert Matheson, man. The, the, the man, the man, the man, Dr. Odie Park, he is, he is Batman. And even, we'll talk about this in spoilers, there's more Batman than Bruce Wayne. It, it makes a lot of sense, right? Okay, yeah, this is about the Batman becoming Batman. It's not about Bruce. Like, you know, Bruce you know, do the duality thing. That will always be a part of it. But this is about the Batman becoming who he is, right? So I know for some people they were they will be like, well, not enough Bruce Wayne. We want to see the Playboy Bruce Wayne. Why 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 is Bruce the same, you know, always depressed character that Batman is? Well, it kinda makes sense because he's the same person, right? Think about it, right? Um Zoe Kravitz, yeah, she surprised me as, as Selena Kyle, right? Um uh, she will, you know, as far as Catwoman incarnations, Michelle Pfeiffer's on top there. But I would say that, you know, her her um her version was, was pretty solid. I would actually put her above Anne Hathaway, actually, come to think of it, right? Um Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she's one of the examples of how to you know fix in my problems with Dark Knight Rises because I've been on record, it's a kind of unpopular opinion. But yeah, if it was up to me, I'd I'd cut I'd cut to be his catwoman entirely out of that, that film, right? Um I, exactly. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Work at I, all for me I, and really I holds down the film. I agree wholeheartedly with that because yeah. that's one of the things that I whenever I watch the Dark Knight Rises I always yeah. think about ways that I could fix that movie and yeah, yeah. Like, I would I would cut Anne Hathaway's Catwoman her, out of the entire her, yeah her, her and um, that fellow Robin Blake the Blake character terrible character yeah just, yeah. just trim that shit out and just... No, well, well, well. If they, if they just kept Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt's character as who he was no. and not bring up the not bring up the Robin thing at all. No, no, no. Oh, cool, no. cool. No, but they're gonna bring it up I, I as like, well. No, I would, I would have cut him out of the film at all because they, they use him as a framing device. Like, holy shit! Yeah, they well, he, he's so much he's a cop trying to trying to do the right thing. That's... No, okay. <laughs> Yeah. All right, all right, fine. Teachers, teachers, teachers. As I yeah. say, as I say, it fixed all my little problems with it because in this, she, you know, she, she really served her working purpose in the narrative. You know, like, and she did. How they, how they how they line up everything and how everything comes full circle. Um, with her character, I like. Well, yeah, that, this this is script. Yeah, yeah, I can't be mad yeah. at. And yeah, I straight up wanted to get like a spin-off series. Like they give us spin-off movie. Yeah, she, you know, the, I, I keep I keep angling her to get Michael Mann something right. Catwoman, Michael Mann. Um, we call it um, Lupita character, right? Yeah, um, well, that, 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 that's Lawrence is not like you know the the, the Pitoff directed Halle Berry, you know, yeah, that scene, right? That, that, that movie that doesn't exist. Yeah, not not <laughs> able, but yeah, you know, I, I I thought she was so good in this though, to be honest. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah right, right, right. So let's move it quickly, right? Um, while I did enjoy Andy Circus as Alfred Pennywood, though, I did wish that we saw a little bit more of him, though. I, I'm not talking about like. 
how Michael Caine was, you know, a little bit more prominent in the in the um the Nolan trilogy, right? But even that and all, like I wanted to see a little bit more of him, right? Um, even though I know something happens to him, which you'll well, all right, maybe we may, we mightn't bring it up in the in the um in the spoiler review, but something life threatening happens to him, right? And I thought we would have followed up on them in the end, because I'm a guy who likes closure. But it's just like, well, well, I guess he did. So it was like, well, okay. But I thought the film itself would have at least follow up on Alfred and see how he's how he how he's holding up. That's all I'll say, right? But yeah, as far as um I, I felt like he he did the mentor um our character very, very well. He was he didn't look like the butler type, you know what I mean? The Okay, sir, where are you off to? Kind of vibe. I, I, I'm glad they didn't do that. He was the mentor. You could tell like he was just trying to look after um, Bruce, especially with you know where he's at right now. I mean, this vigilante totally works, right? Um, Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon, you know, he works as well, in my opinion. Uh, didn't expect to see John Tutor in it at all. You know, he played Carmine Falcone. But how they, what, how they worked him into the story, I thought was great as well. I know they did it in some uh, graphic novel, but for the life of me, I can't remember. I don't know what it is, right? But, uh, oh, yes, yeah, so two, two, two more characters, just quickly. Uh, you know, Colin Farrell, he just, you know, he just immerses himself into that character of Penguin, right? But they did a really, really smart call in having them talk Italian, like Italian American, though. I thought that was pitch perfect in my opinion, because you know, it could have just made the you know, penguin stuff. But I really love the fact that it he he you know, cause in this world he's a gangster, right? You know, and yeah, I mean in the incarnations of Batman, he's a gangster, right? But in this case, he's like mafia gangster, right? And he actually like, you know, works with Carmine at points in the film, right? But having him just talk like this Italian American gangster, I thought was just a perfect idea, right? And lastly, uh, Paul Dado as as a driller, I would say, uh, even though he's he's not as theatrical and like really getting into your nerves and unnerving, I would say, like say, uh, you know, uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Um, still, what he did with with the Riddler do was was just was just fantastic, man. He just nailed that creepy serial killer dread. It it actually, you know, gave the film opportunity to go into some deep dark corners, though know, some stuff that we legit never really saw in in a Batman film. Uh, I will say as a great do, I wish this film could have been Ari to do because you could tell that, you know, visual wise, they had to kind of work around certain, you know, scenes of violence. Like, okay, we can't show this because it's our kids, but we'll imply it and we'll have a little sound effect to show it. But I felt like we could have just gone in a little bit deeper and show you the violence a little bit to for you to really feel it there. You know what I mean? Because it's just like the world around you is dark and grim. So why can't we see it in the action, right? Um, and as far as the action goes, it's it's well handled at points though. Uh, although there were a few moments where I felt they could have fixed things up. It could have just been a lot smoother and neater. Case in point, the 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 chase scene between Penguin and Batman, right? And last, 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 but certainly not least, uh, Michael Jack uh, Jackino uh, score. If I'm butchering his name, sorry. Jackino. Jackino, right? Yeah, Jackino. Uh, yeah. Jackino, right? Um, wow. Chills, boy, chills. Like the more every time you hear that that Batman team, you just get chills, boy. All in all, though, his score is 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 masterful, dread. It's right up there as uh in terms of you know greatest you know uh, Batman scores in my opinion. Like I'll still have the Hantima stuff up there, boy. But this is a is a rival in terms of like top 
top t- um, you know best one in my opinion right but yeah um i i really enjoyed this 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 film though it's not perfect mind you it's not perfect but yeah it just delivered on all levels man so for me written wise i'm gonna give this a light four and a half out of five man and and it literally left me wanting to see this film again like i legit want to see this theatrically i don't want to wait till it come out on, on hbo max but when it comes out i'll see it there but I just need to get that theatrical experience again, but I felt that immediately, like right come uh, coming out after the out of the cinema. That's a testament to just how great this movie was. Uh, Daniel, thoughts on well, spoiler free thoughts on the Batman. Well, Matt Reeves certainly did his homework because I, I, I when watching the film, I I clearly noticed some things in the comics, like the um, Selena Kyle's look clearly inspired by her look in Batman Year One. Some of the story elements you're taking from Batman Zero Year, Batman Earth One, which I'll talk, which we'll talk about more in the spoilers. But um, yeah, this was damn good, even down to the kind of movies that inspired the film Chinatown. Although the mystery element, I don't think was as good as Chinatown, but it was it was okay, it was decent. Um, Godfather, it's clearly an influence here. It was it was damn good, damn good direction, damn good cinematography, damn good performances. Robert Pattinson. I mean, this is not Michael Keaton Batman. This is not Christian Bale Batman. This is Robert Pattinson Batman, and this is this is Batman. This is obsessed, investigative, men- mentally unhinged Batman dread. Like this is, yeah, he was damn good as a as a rock star recluse Batman and. Well, Rockstar recluse Bruce Wayne and loved it. Selena, Ky- Selena Kyle, Zoe Kravitz, damn good, damn good. Uh, she rival, she would rival Michelle Pfeiffer, for, for uh, in truth, damn better than Anne Hathaway. I didn't really like Anne Hathaway's performance as Catwoman. Like I said, I would have cut her out of the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Paul Dano as Riddler. Well, that was just perfect casting when I first heard about it because I mean, come on. If you've seen like most of his performances, you know he could play a mentally unstable character. Um, John Turturro as Carmine Falcone, damn good. No complaints. No complaints. Colin Farrell as Penguin, no complaints. Damn good. I do think that the relationship between Bruce and Alfred wasn't that developed, but maybe we'll get to that later on in future films. I hope this movie gets a sequel. I do want this to get a sequel. Uh, that's it. Uh, cinematography was damn good. Score by Michael Giacchino. Damn good. I have no complaints. I give this a solid 8 out of 10. Solid 8 out of 10. All right, all right. And uh, Tracy, just quick um, spoiler-free review. Sorry. Yeah, spoiler-free thoughts and return. Okay, cool. Well, let's start with... Leading up to this, I uh, went and did a whole, I was doing a rewatch of, um, if you follow me on Twitter, you, you see me posting up screenshots of all kind of random assery because I needed to, I needed an excuse to go back and rewatch a whole bunch of Batman. So going into this, um, you know, like I was checking out all the different actors and that kind of stuff. And it, it kind of dawns on me two things. One, you know, I have a memory attached to each one of the Batman movies and what it actually meant. And it always cracks me up in terms of how 
when casting is announced for the Batman, what usually happens pre-Twitter, um, and now that we have Twitter, what goes on? Because like with Michael Keaton, that whole Mr. Mom, he's a comedy actor kind of vibe, why is he Batman? Um, and then, of course, Ben Affleck, Daredevil, oh my God, will he be a good Batman? And then, of course, Sparkles comes into play and everybody's like, will Sparkles be a good Batman? And I have, I remember from the time the casting came out having to defend the idea of at least go and watch the lighthouse so you can see that robert is more than just a twilight paycheck but i in terms of the actual film of itself i quite liked it um i'm inclined to give it a eight slash nine it's very noir it felt very um seven meets long halloween um, there's certain long Halloween that I, I like I was able to pick up in there and I thought that was just joy. Um, I felt like it could have been a little shorter, a little shorter in bits, but the third act of itself tied everything together quite nicely. For me, Gotham is 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 purgatory. Um, so the idea of it being perpetually like raining and and it looks like if you know there's a heavy spirit for want of a better way of putting it. Like if there's a heavy spirit over it, kind of flows nicely with what Gotham is because it's full on purgatory. I I went and I saw it with my geek sister Stacy, who has been clamoring for a an actual detective story for quite some time. And uh, you know, like we sat down there and watched this, and this this was a bit of a detective story, and I quite like that. You know, a, a, a thought there in terms of the overdue with some of the things that was happening, like, you know, in terms of the car chase and that kind of stuff, that was a whole height onto itself. Um, I loved Zoe as Selena. Yes, it's a year two story, but she's like, she's full Selena and at the same time, not full Selena. So I, I fully expect her to come back maybe in the third film, you know, if they decide to go down that route. Um, because I know that they started to talk about um, ideas for the sequel and, Matt Reeves talks about trying to make a grounded version of Mr. Freeze, and I'm like, yes, you're I would love saying to all the right things. I, I, like, I have, I, for me, I, like, I've just I've been playing around with thought processes. I'm like, yes, say that. I will be the lone person in the room, the same way how y'all know how I feel about Cruella. I don't really have a problem with Anne. Um, I know Nolan said how he, how he pitched Anne was that um, Selena is a grifter, so. Nothing about her has a, like everything about her is a mask. So that for me was like, okay, going into this, I know that she is a grifted type of person and I could deal with that. I really didn't need the Robin reveal at the end. You and I are, uh, you guys and I are in agreement with that. Um, what is deeply hilarious is finding out or revisiting the idea rather of Zoe not being, um, or rather Zoe being quote too urban for a small role or some type of role in the Nolan films. And then here she is now doing a splendid rendition of Selena Kyle. And it kind of has me wondering what exactly was the role that was suddenly going to be too open for her? Was she going to be Talia? Was she going to be another Selena? Was she supposed to be the cop instead of um, Joseph Gordon? But we will never know. Um, Jerkino's score. Giacchino's score. Now, I have been playing that uh, soundtrack before I went to see the movie, and then uh, I've been playing it since. I will recommend to everyone to listen to Sonata in Darkness, which is the final track. It is just the piano playing 
the theme of itself, but you get all the undertones and stuff. And it reminds me of listening to Shirley Walker. Um, Shirley Walker did the animated um, soundtrack, but she has a, mm. a tutorial track at the end of, of, of the album where she's actually giving you a tutorial as to how uh, the Batman is supposed to sound on piano and when you bring in different bits and pieces into it, how it will be. And I felt that very much for Batman, uh, Batman uh, Returns. Um, but I feel like every Batman story, even the one, even the one that we don't always talk about, um, it brings something, it adds a new dimension to it. I like how this plays out. I like the fact that now that we have things like HBO Max and stuff like that, I know that there's meant to be a Penguin spinoff and um, something else about Arkham Asylum or that kind of stuff. And even the way how they brought in certain ideas about Arkham and you know, when we reach to the spoiler, we'll talk about that. I um, I quite liked it. And then in terms of there was something that happened towards the end of the movie, like the, the clock coming on towards the very end of the movie inside. And I was like, yes, this is good. Though I don't necessarily need to see that character again, but that is very good. Um, like I said, overall, it's yeah, eight, eight and a half out of ten for me. I, I will definitely be taking it in again and more than likely again. And I can't wait to see where they go with it. On a slightly different note, I really hope Warner Brothers learns their lesson in that they waited, they had a wait and see approach with Wonder Woman and then had to go and fork out a whole bunch of money because the contract between them and Patty Jenkins, you know, they didn't tie that down when they should have. And I felt like they may have been doing a wait and see to see how Robin Patterson would have fared. Um, and now that it's blowing up the work, I expect Matt Reeves to come out with a huge paycheck for a potential sequel because I know they're talking about ideas right now. So, you know, here's hoping that they learn the lesson and get things in a gear. But I really love that movie. I really did like it. So, uh, yeah, now let's get into the, the spoiler section. You've been warned, 54321, right? And because we've all seen this film once, it's not like we're going to run through every single thing that happens in the show. There's stuff that, we, you know, like we, we, we take it in the film, we absorb it, we enjoy it and whatnot, right? But it's not like we could just like automatically remember every little detail and nook and cranny in this film, right? But there are some things that do stand out more than others, right? So, uh, case in point, the, the intro sequence, right? Um... It's not a stop. She shut alone is one that I need to rewatch again because it's very frat. It's for a couple of the conversation inspired where it's like someone's, you know, peering down. Like, well, in this case, you know, staring at someone with these, you know, binoculars. goggles, basically. Yeah, yeah, binoculars. yeah, these binoculars, basically, right? Um, but it lingers on, well, basically, it's where the um, the Mia, this is the, the, the opening when the Mia gets killed, right? But it's what's going on there that for the life of me, I was kind of watching, like, it looks like somebody is being killed or somebody's being beaten up or whatever, right? I saw a sword being pulled out, right. but they never explained yeah. what goes on there. And I thought, like, uh, no, that's, um, they thought we would have seen what would have happened. No, a there's a costume. There's a son. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It was a child yeah. dressed up. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. No, it's just how it's on it's on it so long. Playing, now. Play killed with the dad. Yeah, yeah you're playing. Right. They're playing the having fun. Okay, okay. But because of how it lingers so much and how uncomfortable it all feels, especially when you hear that <laughs> breathing there. Yeah. I, I got the feeling they're trying to play it like a kind of. No, I try. I get the feeling they try to play it like well, it's something real happening, and then no, not really. Um, and then it's like oh, okay. okay. 
that, that's, that's what that's how I got for like a two seconds. That's how I got to it. Yeah. yeah, that's what two seconds. It was just for two seconds they play it and then they, they switch it on you and say no no no. Well, and then they do the shot with the, the you know where they watching the campaign and he he clearly loses the debate to the to the other woman. Um, I forget her name. Yeah, um, forget her name. Bella Bella um, Bella Real Bella Real right. Yeah. Right. Uh, she um. The the he kind of worrying about that and the, then the, the 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 again really great lighting. You just see bare mention of a silhouette of Riddler in in the shot. Like oh shit, he just appeared out of nowhere. It looked good. Though. Yes, great that, that, that was that was very very well done. Um, if yeah. I have one gripe with the overall film though, I felt we should have focused just a little bit more on Belle. Like I know that she is not like the the real focus of the film, right? But I was thinking, yeah. you know, again thinking about the Nolan trilogy, um, the Dark Knight, and you know, with um with with uh Harvey, right? Harvey Dent, and how he was integral to the story, right? And in a right. way, Bella is as well, but I felt like there wasn't enough time on her. It was just right, her so in to... these um, press conferences and kind right. of, so... you know, you, you see a little bit during the, the, the little funeral scene and whatnot and seeing right. she's not afraid. And then, of course, in the two act, but I felt we should have seen a little bit more of her, you know? Right. No, as I say, as I said before, the, the cut to the bone thing. So I, I always felt that this should have been like, this could have totally worked as a, like a five episode run on, on HBO Max. But um, for what I understand, we get enough for a cut of this. Um, nice. That will, pop, that will be popping up on HBO Max. And I'll just fill up a little bit of stuff. Which, 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 is, which is, which reminds me oh, so oh. much of um of the Justice League exactly, release. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Effectively, again, we get we supposed to be getting a four cut of this. Um. So a couple okay. things we getting more stuff with. I'm not sure what we getting exactly, but I know we getting well a certain person at the ending who was speaking to Riddler, who is uh, strong. Which which like, we'll bring up here. Yeah. Yeah, useful. Well, I'll say it now we can spoil section. I'm heavily implied to be the Joker. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my thing with that, I, I, find, I find it being Joker. Well, who do you guys, the actor, is a pretty good caller. Like, he's, he has a total Joker face. Um, yeah. Barry Kyogan, Barry. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it, it, yeah, It's yeah. very, it's for me, like you know, if have seen his face or if you saw him in um, Eternals, yeah. it's very reminiscent right. of like the guy who they who they cast to play Joker in um in, in Gotham, right? Right. Just right. that sort of mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Young, but yeah. you know, like you could tell, like he's a sociopath kind of look. Like, he, right, you know, right. Barry so, like, I, I was thinking, I was thinking his role in um in the other another movie with Colin Farrell. Um, oh gosh. Uh, uh what was it like? Yeah, Killing of a Secret Day. Oh, okay, okay. I, I didn't see that. Right. I didn't see that. If you watch Killing of a Secret Day, that's some real Joker shit. Like it, it real fucked up. Even though I don't like that movie, and I'll well, if you get into that, but whatever. Uh, but yeah. Um, I personally don't really care to have Joker in it, but. Uh, I heard we're gonna have a scene with him more, and Batman and, and Joker is gonna have a conversation. So I heard that's coming in. I heard that. So okay, hopefully, okay, we'll, okay. Um, with extra stuff. So that that four hour cut will be hopefully really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's extra. I, I, I hope so. Yeah. And, and because it's HBO Max, you could you could treat it as yeah. well. Yeah, four time. episodes, right? Yeah, well, take it yeah. time, right? If they if they are doing the the actual Arkham series, you, you know, we don't necessarily need to see him theatrically. You can have right. Joker be, you know, this young Joker be floating around inside there and I'll just work. Right. Well, that's another thing I loved about this is that it gets into the, the they, they kind of play with the whole Mata Arkham stuff, right? Um, that's, a, some, that's one thing that most people like don't really know or, or they change that recently where, quick question, where's Mata Wayne's um, main name? Right? I and always remember it as Kane. Yeah. As Kane, right. Mm, as, me too. Name after, yeah. Bob, name after Bob Kane, right? Um, so, so that's why I always thought of that. But it, it has some stories. Says, no, Martha's name is Arkham. She's an Arkham person, and she's one of the first patients of yeah, the Arkham that, Asylum. They, they get into right. that. But I have, I have a bit of an issue with that reveal, 
is like, wouldn't this all be public knowledge? Like, of well, Ma- that's Ma- Martha, that Martha, Martha's mother killed the hus- killed her husband, killed herself, and Martha's been in and out of psychiatric hospitals. And, and I especially, mean, like, especially the way how. Uh, Sorry, and especially the way how Riddler reveals it, right in this, um, right. this in this video, right? This, uh, that's the thing. Oh, if, this shoulder, you know. If you're if you're rich enough, if you're rich enough and you're wealthy enough, not say, necessarily. Yeah. Um, that's what they kind of try to play at is the whole elite, the politics of it now. Where yeah, if you if you're rich enough, you can hide enough. You have enough skeletons because you can hide. That's like that's like the royal family, right? Royal family in in Britain. You have a whole bunch of shit. One of them is most likely a pedophile, you know, stuff like that. Now. Um, they kind of play with that idea of her mental health and you having to cover that up and only if somebody do a lot of digging then you go get into that here's another thing um who was he was the name of the the original guy who was doing the digging who was killed so many years ago what's his name i don't know edward oh right so i thought i thought the, uh, the guy in the um in the other in the thing it wasn't Joker. I thought that was Tommy Elliot for, for a second. I was like, you know, it, it could be Tommy Elliot too, you know. There's a possibility. But, you know, all the extraneous news saying, no, it's really supposed to be Joker, apparently. Like, all right. But I, I, I thought, but I look, like this, that, though. this could be where Tommy Elliot meets Riddler. Because remember, that, remember them is riding partners for a hot minute for a couple, a couple stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could do with that. In the hot storyline, yeah. The famous hot storyline. And because he had the face, because the, the face wrap up now, I'm like, eh, they could be doing something like that, maybe. But uh, most likely it's Joker, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but right. I, uh, well, I, what, what else? Um, well, uh, this is not a spoiler per se, but this is just about the aesthetic of the of the show itself, right? Yeah. Um, that 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 whole rain falling the bleeder and stuff, right? And just yeah. Um, I I actually like dug that about the show. You know, it's it's very reminiscent, not just of Blade Runner, but also Seven, like Seven right. as well, right? Um, early scenes, you know, especially when they're looking for the killer, it's always rain <laughs> falling all that kind of stuff. It just it just sets a mood, it sets a tone, throughout, right? Right. What I liked about it too is that it, they, okay, so here's the thing I liked about it. So on the on the on the one end, I was really underwhelmed with the riddles. Like I thought the riddles was kind of lame, yeah, and it was, I was it, I was able to figure I, out I, most I, of those. Right. Right. I, 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 I get that. But for me, but, I, I saw it like that was the point. It was that was the it was point. Like, that's what I like about it because the, 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 yeah, whole point, you know? the whole point was leading Bruce to the breadcrumbs to eventually get to Falconino. That was exactly. the point. That's what I thought it was. And here's the thing: the letter wasn't meant for Bruce; it was meant for Alfred, not Bruce, because Riddler revealed later, no, we 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 supposed to be doing this together. We we two pieces of a pod. Like they yes. try to put that whole you, I need you, you know, much like with yeah, Joker. The, the 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 Batman Joker dynamic. Yeah, again. Right. Mm. But, but one qu- one question I need to ask. Uh, this is kind of unclear to me. Did he know who Bruce was? Did he know that Batman was Bruce? Yeah. Because he knew. He knew. Yeah. He knew. Very much right. Yeah. So that's another thing. That's another thing I like. There's another thing they fix on Dark Knight Rises. Again, I'm not saying it's a fix on Dark Knight Rises. One of the things I absolutely hated in Dark Knight Rises was Blake just saying, well, the reason I know you're Batman is because I watch your face and you had a mood. I'm like, what? That doesn't make <laughs> no sense. But it, and, it, and then the music goes to the background, so you're like, right. oh, okay, that I, I could buy that, but yeah, you don't really, I, you like, really well, <laughs> I, I find that was delivered terribly, but in, in this, him kind of just, like, Red Dog just kind of pieced together that Bruce Wayne, Batman has to be Bruce Wayne. Like, he just pieced it together. And it, because because the two of them, it's kind of similar in many ways. And again, with the whole... Yeah, the, um, the, the, the whole emo vibe that they, they give off. Exactly. The two and then he was and, there in that... In just, that in that orphanage when um when exactly. his father was making the big pronouncement you know exactly and here's the thing the only difference is that what are them rich what are them not rich that is it they just play with the class dynamics of yeah. it now 
Yeah, they so basically they basically kind of jokerized the Riddler where um, the the one percent. Well, right. oh p- oh poor Bruce Wayne, he's an orphan now, but he has his money to fall back on. While well, we exactly. have to we have yeah, to stay which here. Which I love, by the way. Exactly. I love that. And they play yeah. with that conceit, and then the big reveal about well what Falcone did. I thought that was like to me that part of the show yes. was great, absolutely great. Like, I, 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 again, I don't know if it's from any source material, boy, but I did not see that coming. Which is me, because we in spoiler territory, uh, Selena is, is, is his daughter. His daughter, right. I, right. I so think that was in... That was in the in, Long Halloween. The long Halloween. Yes. No, that's in Long Halloween, right. But the, the reveal about how Fal- Falcone took out Moroni, I love that. So he used, yes. used the story, he take the, the, the fund, the slush fund, Right, use all of that money and then wrap up all of them in the thing and make it look like a fake and then still running the drugs with all of them name on it making the money. Yeah. That's such a great, like simple, like plot thing. It's such a it's such a it's such a boilerplate. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's such a boilerplate kind of kind of um pot boiler kind of approach to to your storytelling because none of it fanciful. Like that totally makes sense. You could totally yeah, see something. I mean it's mafia stuff is is yeah, it's stuff right right thing, but it's such a great mob move. That's putting that's putting all of them them head that's putting that sword above all of these people's head and then making them look good because it's not only the money but it's their career as well. They literally had twenty years of all these lawyers at the whole DA office looking good from taking out Moroni all those years ago. The, the biggest drug bust. So and so mm-hmm. and the whole thing was a fake. I'm like, but well, I good though. That's a clever, clever reveal with the script. And I, I, I really did expect John Turturro to be as good as it was because look. John Tuturo, the Transformers movies kind of ruined John Tuturo for, for me for a while, right? I know, right? But <laughs> even, even the first, no, the first movie was like, it was like the, was like the red flag, right? you know what I mean? But I forget John Tuturo was in Coen movies, it was in Spike Lee movies, like, no, he, when it's time for him to be a badass, he's a badass, and he was legit intimidated in this, though, he's great in this. Yes. Like, but... that was a really inspired choice, like, clearly it's another mob, mob movie choice, right? It, it's catering to old film aesthetic stuff. But he, mm-hmm. he was a great call. He's still alive. Use him. And he was absolutely perfect in it. That is mm. by far my favorite part of the film. Like, yeah, I, I, and, 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 and also I like yeah. how they, they would penguin into his right. narrative as well too. Right. Like just mm. having to right. be, you know, right. um, well, they were, they were working together and then the rivals and is that kind of back and forth thing. I, I really, really love that. Yeah. Right. I, thought the penguin, I thought the penguin was really funny, especially, yeah, especially yeah. A, after the car chase and they started right. interrogating him. Like, you took over Maroney's yes. operation. But, <laughs> right. but, and, and the world's greatest detectives. Yeah, They show him the riddle and he's like, yeah. you are El, El Rata Alada. Yeah. He's like, yeah. am I right. the only one who could speak Spanish here? Yeah. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> Yeah, right. So, my mentioned in in in, uh, in Zodiac how the police look dumb in this. In this, holy shit, they make the police look dumb in this. Like, wow. <laughs> like, it's it's borderline Keystone cops in this. Like, it was real goofness, right? And I, I like that they make it because they play with the, the reason why the police are incompetent is because of the corruption from on top now. Like, yeah, anytime right. some some police officer actually again doing the job properly or anything like that, the case gonna get shut down or the Diego fuck it up in some way and dies by yeah. intention, dies by design. Great reveal. It much yes. like with, with with the Dark Knight, how they do the corruption in the city is the cause, the root cause of the problem. I like how they, they make it, they carry the, the logic of the argument fuller further with respect to um Bruce now. But Bruce is a younger, younger Batman in this, and I really felt 
if anything, they could have gone a little further with that, which is, hey, you know, it's possible that the police is part of the problem. And yes, Gordon, you should defund and stuff like that now. Uh, but but as it is, I, I really enjoyed it for what it was. Um, yeah, that, uh, just 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 a few just a few more things, right? Um, yeah. Well, as you brought up, um, Batman being you know still young, right? I do love that moment where he escapes the uh, the precinct, and you know he jumps down, and you know he does the yeah. little gliding thing or whatnot, and then it just kind of messes up there the end where you know uh, uh, yeah. a bit of it actually gets um roped into one of the the subway cables yeah. and take it those, and then yeah, he, he tried you know, to he pull the parachute yeah. too. Yeah, right, right. He pulls parachute, his parachute, parachute pilot um get hooked up now. He tried to pull the parachute. Like he tried yeah. to glide but pull the parachute at the same time and get hooked on the bridge. That was funny. Yeah. But but <laughs> as far say, as yeah. directing goes, fast directing <laughs> goes quickly, right? Um I wouldn't like just simple things. I wouldn't have even thought of just having the camera be like right on his head, basically. So he's seeing right. from his face down what right. I just that that shot of you know the camera going down that building though. Yeah, yeah that, that that was just that that shot what, alone was worth my money. Right. So what, one, one thing I liked about this is the tech. So the tech is even somehow more grounded than the Nolan stuff. So in the Nolan stuff, it was military tech, like experimental military tech. That's how Batman is doing what he's doing, right? Reasonable explanation. In this it except it only had one piece of technology that felt kind of kind of futuristic, kind of a little far fetched. But everything else felt like yeah, like a guy could build this if you have enough money and time. Um, yeah, well, well, let, so, let me just touch on the far fetched stuff quickly. The um, the contact lens, right? The contact lenses, right? Yeah. That's the only thing that was like, all right, you have this real high definition stuff in a contact lenses with what wireless information, how that working exactly. And, and what, even and even it, better now, like once once it picks up on a fees, you yeah, see and it's the, the person one time and they're like, well, it's, it's all, it's, I mean, all that part of it is software stuff. So I suppose that could maybe work. Like, look, I, I'm sure that might be possible somewhere. But like, how is it being powered through the, the heat of the body with the eye, eyeball? I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, I, I mean, like, I've, I've lived three enough Mission Impossible movies to see right. this whole contact lens thing. So, like, for me, the, for, for right. me, seeing him take it off and, and, and realizing, oh, that's how he's able to to right. memorize and to, and to right. scan and to right. see everything else. Like, like, oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Like. So I really thought it would have been, like, some, like, uh, like the, the glasses with the mask. No? Like, I thought it would have been that. But, like, no, it's straight up contact lens. It's like, wow, that's a little, a little up there. But whatever. Yeah. Other than that, I don't have a problem with it. Um, Even or what about the Batmobile? Like, like um, I yeah, we, we this, yeah, love that back, love uh, Batmobile, Batmobile forward. Yes, 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 you just you just have a straight muscle car. Like, and throughout the entire time, you just seen the, 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 the engine parts and the chassis and stuff just being built up over the thing. You're saying you just seen a bunch of metal. I was like, oh, that's not an engine right there. Like, oh, yeah, he's building the Batmobile. Like, he, he's still building it. He knew yeah. it. Yeah, but it's a jet engine, though, that blew my mind, though, is, is the fact that it's a jet engine. This man just put on this thing. And, <laughs> Points for some design though, like even when the car stops, you say that you hear like that rolling subside now, you know. When he turned on the car, there's a hype put up and he's stalled. It's stalled. It's stalled. I just started to laugh when it started to stall. I was like, dude, yeah, but no, but I did well all that time. The extra noise and make a cat robot, there's a chance to take the body. I was like, all right, okay. And then there's a car takeover, like, yeah, I missed though. It's a little bit of a little hard. Another thing about the car, just a notice. You notice that wait, the camera was only on Penguin and the and thing, you know, as far as I know, right? Was all oh, right, that is true. Back, it is from, from from both cars' perspectives. Yeah, though, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I was expecting I, like um, I, I was expecting like a like a wide shot. So you see the road a little yeah. bit more. Like I like I still have my little gripes in terms of how tight. I think it's how tight that that scene was. I expected yeah. to see more room in in those scenes though. But right. yeah, I, I think you're right though. It is from both cars' perspectives, so to speak. Right, you know? right. 
if I remember, I don't ever give it a rewatch, but I was like, you know, I, I, I didn't notice a shutdown from outside of the two of them now. Like, oh, this kind of hard, though. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but just, just, just a couple more things before before we wrap up, right? So, um, again, you know, um, it's it's easy to watch certain scenes and be reminded of the Nolan trilogy, right? Um, case in point, those mo- do, do that that um, those nightclub scenes, right? Very right. Reminis- re- very reminiscent, sorry, of the Dark Knight. That that one moment they actually recreated here. I don't want to say recreated, but you know, it's it's similar, right? Where Batman's fighting a, a bunch of goons in this nightclub, and you know, it's right. dimly lit in the hand, in the hand, like well, in this case, really bad techno music, <laughs> but it works here, right? Uh, but I like that the nightclub was 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 part of the of the story itself, right? It was this is this is where um, Carmine and and Penguin were hiding out, right? So I dug that, right? But also just going back to the whole rain thing, right? Like you know, like you might watch something, oh, it's like Blade Runner. You know, this rain stuff, rain is all neo-noir stuff, blah, 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 right? But how I saw it was more from a thematic perspective, from a symbolism perspective, right? So if you remember, there's a little film called Taxi Driver, right? A little masterpiece from a guy called Matt Scorsese, right? Um, Remember there's a line where he says, um, I wish one day, you know, a flood or rain, I think it's a flood comes and just washes all the filth and scum from the city, Right. right? So I would just kind of interpret the rain as that now, but then, much to my surprise, um, you know, the Riddler's final plan involving, you know, right. blowing up these breakwaters and a literal flood is like, you know, engulfing um, Gotham, so to speak, right? Yeah. I was thinking like, oh, well, like, you know, you're taking the, now it's, now it's not even rain anymore, it's a literal flood, it's a literal, like, you know, Noah's yeah. stuff, you know what I mean? Like, like the symbolism in that though. And that caught me completely by surprise that, you know, that would happen now. But, Honestly, you know, again, just just it's it's hard to not think about the 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 Nolan trilogy. I was thinking Dark Knight Rises, especially with with what Bean was doing, with, right. with with how far he was going with his plan, with all these explosions and really trapping Gotham and really like wanting to destroy Gotham from inside. But right. thematically, I, I felt like symbolically it would in terms of oh, it, you know, it's it's all corruption. We have to destroy it. So yes, I'm gonna be God in this case. I'm gonna bring a flood to wash everything away, right? But out of that though. We did get a really, really, really great visual moment though, where you saw Batman with the flare, you know what I mean? And he's just leading these these um these survivors into safety. That's that yeah, that's with a flare. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love though. Yeah. Um, I forgot to mention too the little fight scene that, that involves um, him and the, the, the fake um the, the, the fake riddlers. <sighs> Very reminiscent of the final fight between Batman and the fake Jokers in um, Dark Knight, yeah. though. But I yeah. still enjoyed it, though, even though fight-wise, it didn't blow my way, though. But the music was, was really... Uh, just right. knowing that Batman had to pick himself uh, up and fight them, that's when you really felt that thrill, right? And last, yeah. last thing, well, I shot shut up. Well, I got shotty, shotty, shot or shotty to the chest, though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah but yeah, that's yeah. what I wanted to bring up, right? That's just last thing. Um... People are speculating, you know, what he ejects himself with, right? I, I adrenaline. think it's your adrenaline, adrenaline. But yeah, some people take it yeah. with bean juice or something. No, no. It's like, I mean, it could be, it could be like... punching a guy, though. Yeah, it's sheer it's, it's, it's adrenaline. It's, it's like, adrenaline. you have drugs like that. But it could it could be Venom. Like, a possibility that Venom already exists in this world. Because remember, he's Batman for a year. So I know, but but just to, to bring right. up something like that though is like, well, why? You gotta, for me, I think you had to kind of establish that. Don't just throw that as some kind of Easter egg. It's like, oh well, exactly. Because really right. like, you have to compare it to another film, but what can you compare it to, right? right. Speaking of that, I couldn't help but comp- uh, feel like this was a continuation of Joker, like the movie itself, right? 
Like right. I legit feel like you know maybe I'm wrong with this, but I feel like you know just stylistically this feels like a continuation of that same story. It, it, it easily could have been like uh, in my opinion, joke, like you know like easy. this is really. You know, like, 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 got like them, a like, right? No, it, yeah. it, it, like, it's worse off than how we saw it in in in, uh, in Joker, right? right? And how yeah. I saw it too. And I'll shut up here. Uh, the the opening action sequence, right? With 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 Batman fighting thugs in the subway, right? right. Yeah. I, I was thinking about yeah, like when you know, well, Arthur Fleck killed that guy in the in the, in the right. subway, right? right? I don't know. I just I just looked at it like, oh, it's it's kind of like. No, they, you know, they, they, what they, would be cool if if it was like a, a continuation of that film, you know? Right, no, yeah, like the timelines don't match up, but it could easily have been that. Like, I, I, you know, I get a feeling that somebody at, at WB, at, at, the, at the head of WB, foaming at the mouth to match it up. But it's like, all right, well, now let Matt do his thing. But yeah, no, it, it, it's not really happening, to be honest. Um, all right, all right, yeah, right. My, and and, my, and, and I, I keep bringing up last things, last things, last things, right? Um, to touch on what you said about I Am Vengeance, I love that, right, you know, right. Batman brings it up in that scene. And just to have that scene open, well, open the film as, you know, the first action sequence. And then now when you have the, the climax, the scene with the flood and whatnot, right? Um, having one of the, the realists say, I am vengeance, right? Yeah, and, and yeah, come back here. That was that was a great little moment. It just hit him like, okay, I, Batman not supposed to be about vengeance, it was to be about justice. Love it. You know, you yeah. gotta fix the world. The, yeah. the little simple things. But when Batman say, I'm vengeance, it's like, yeah, Batman not about vengeance. So I wonder where they're going with this now. And then... They eventually, you know, get into the whole Riddler aspect of it. Turn out Riddler just like him. Turn out like him, but just different is money. And they make it work in that conceit. Um, I can't remember if, if that was the same guy at the funeral. Was that the same dude at the funeral? Um, it's implied that it is him. It is. It, it looks is a lot like, like it is him. Yeah. Yeah. But what happens is that yeah. the lighting, sometimes the lighting wasn't too hot, um, to be fair. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't watch it on my, my, my home, home screen because, yeah, I make the mistake of watching it in, in um, South Park, right? So... No, no, well, I, I had that similar issue. I imagine, yeah. you know, you and um, Tracy and, you know, Danny had the same thing. Yeah. No, but South Park, Where, South Park, like, because South Park, of how dark the place is, right. you know, shots that are dimly lit look really dark at times, you yeah. know what I mean? But I just no, but, treat it as, oh, it's, you know, the the, the cinematography of the mm. of the film now, you know? Right. Well, well, here's the thing. He, from what I understand, he said that you have to use, he made, he gave specific instructions for the, um for the projectionist, you know? Pretty projection, all right. Right, so I, I don't think South Park obeyed that, like, to be fair. <laughs> like, I don't know. And look, I, I think South Park have a shitty projector, so whatever. Okay. Like, they're, they're clearly <laughs> replace the projectors. Well, well that, that's really heads up there, right? And yeah, well, well. Again, I keep saying last thing, but it's it just, like, coming back to me literally like a flood, right? Um, I actually like the, the, the outro where um, I know some people might find it's, you know, it's too much endings, but I actually like the outro where you've seen Batman literally helping people out and now yeah, he that was fine. Saying, now he's found a purpose. Now he's yeah. not just going out and beating yeah. people up, you know, just yeah. just because, you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that, right? Yeah, because the um the whole um when he's when the thug said, uh, "I am vengeance." Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's why I was no. like, when the, the script, when the script, when he said, "Vengeance," like, all right, the script come back full circle, great, and now we do. Um, and then well, so, Catwoman also had to like drop drop some draft on him now. Um, yeah, yeah. Because like, uh, she, she, she see it from her perspective now. She's effectively well. I never get the sense that she was a sex worker necessarily, but you know, she clearly have friends who are sex workers. You really get to see the low, the low. You know, yeah, uh, Batman tried to slut shame she a little bit, and she kind of threw it back yeah. in the face and fuck him up. <laughs> Great moment. Yeah. Um, like yeah, I, I like how they do this. Um, as I yeah. say, like my last point, and then we could think. I sure, just sure, want sure. to see some spin-offs on this. Um, as I said, the outcome series should be solid. Um, before I cut a waiting for Penguin series, I expect to be okay too. If again, if they get good writers and they stick with it and don't overstretch it, two, three seasons, that's it. One season, in fact, just do like what they're doing with Peacemaker, right? You know, Peacemaker, 
just sit down, spin off itself, and then build a, a great side character on its own. Now. Um, and I, I, Catwoman, like straight up give Catwoman a movie dread. Holy shit! Like you know, get get Tati Gabriel to come in as as um you know her sidekick character. I forget the character's I name. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, uh, sorry, I would love to see Tati in a in a, in a Catwoman. Yeah, story, yeah. Right? I, yeah. I want to see I want to see my brown woman in 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 tight leather, right? You know, Hells, yeah. Cinema, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what's the character named Holly Robinson? Right, bring back she, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, bring back Halle Berry as a villain. You know, just have it come back full circle. Do something. Oh, that would um, be awesome if she's a villain. Yeah, I, I really, she, she was a big breakout for me in this. Um, Zoe Kravitz, Doja Catwoman was excellent in this. And that's my last little point. And yeah. then, yeah, future material. I, I really want to see them to, to make an effort, do some quarter all stuff. You know, we could see more. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Robert Pattinson did mention that they were looking at quarter yeah. balls. Yeah, and they, they could were, do that. That's and like and maybe they could even do like somebody lesser known Batman villains like Calendar Man or something because yeah, Robert something Pattinson like did mention that. Right, yeah. Um, I know they're doing Firefly for Batgirl, but he could work for a Batman story. Um, I have a couple ideas in terms of like doing Clayface and Scarecrow about how to make them work in this world. Like have Scarecrow be more like Spellbinder from Batman Beyond, like plate like that, where it's more interfering with you doing t- signals and not so much chemicals. Maybe like something like that, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, you know, Bit of a stretch, bring bringing the Terminator himself, Deathstroke. You know, they tease him for for Justice League, which I hated and sucked. But you know, he could totally come in this. You know, a vision of a vision of Deathstroke would be kind of pretty fucking awesome. Like, like I think that'll honest. be that'll be a, I think that'll be a little too soon though. That'll be a little too I soon. Know, like, they, they, I don't know what they're doing, but they, they could they could bring in some stuff. Uh but anyway, yeah, for me, yeah. It, I really loved it. Um, I really really glad that doing like DC finally catching itself. They finally putting itself in a space that um. We're going to talk about this when Moon Knight comes out because there's something yes. very interesting going on with the battle of, you know, comic book stuff and, and Disney and all of that stuff, right? Um, but DC in a real good space right now, to be honest. Um, I really didn't expect this to be as good as it was. Not a true absolute masterpiece, but still just really solid material. Matt Reeves, you know, always giving us some good shit. Um, as I say, I, I want more Brew Baker, Catwoman, you know, give me some of that, right? So you're moving hmm. and you work with that as it is. Uh, yeah. Right, right. So, so yeah. Well, well, well last, last point for last, me and, last... and then and then right and then, and then um I'll repeat my rating right. Yeah. Uh, I know some people might be a little put off by the narration, the opening and close narration. I didn't mind it at all. I think it totally works in terms of, well, you know, this is me. This is my mindset now, right? Now, if they are just continuing throughout the film and have him explaining things, okay, yeah, you could you could be annoyed and complain about, right? But he opens and closes with with that narration, and ticket works as well, right? Um, it it's it's very reminiscent of both, you know, Taxi Driver, which you know, if you remember, use um a good amount of narration. Uh, but it also remind me of like um the the, the early version of um of Blade Runner, right? Remember, there was a lot of like um you know um voiceover work done there, right? And then um, um, audiences they like that's to remove it all together right but yeah i mean i think it works because it's like well yeah this is my mindset then so i talk to them i am the shadows but this is me now and i'm helping people out and i i know that there's a purpose for me and i need to keep working until i find it right so i dug that right it's also a good parallel for batman and the joker uh, and batman and riddler because they're both writing in journals and riddler yes. like and riddler is just spewing his mindless that's one thing I liked as well. They they they, they can explain away the whole how does get henchmen stuff. It's like yeah, it's just a bunch of like-minded psychos in a in a forum somewhere. 
Like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, like, like yeah. think about it. Just, just think about yeah. it, right? <laughs> but yeah, um, rated wise for me still remains light four and a half out of five. Um, this is absolutely worth checking out on the big screen. If, if, if you could, I strongly recommend you do. Um, but as Ricardo said, it'll be in the HBO Max version, supposed to be longer. Um, you know, a clock that forward. So I'm excited to see that, or at least a version that will come out there one day, right? But I would still strongly recommend seeing it theatrically, boy. Just getting that experience. Um, even hearing that music, boy. And once again, that score is one of the best that I've heard in a Batman movie. I would say one of the best scores I've heard this year. You know what I mean? Bar none, right? But yeah, uh, Matt Reeves and his team, boy, they 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 impressed. They just knocked it out of the park with this one, man. So yeah, DC, keep doing your thing, man. Bring it on. So uh, Tracy, final thoughts, and you know, if you want to repeat your rating, you know, give it. Uh, well, I just have like a a few random things here. I was listening to you guys talk, um, Ricardo, in terms of the Joker timeline, and I feel like there is a way if they want to do it. Like if 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 um, Emmerich, that's the um, Warner Brothers head, if Emmerich um, decided that he wanted to tie it together, you could have because it's set in the sixties or thereabouts. It's set in what the eighties? It's set in the eighties. Um, they could play no, it on okay, some so kind Joker, of the problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Joker, Joker is in the eighties, but um, yes. But here's the problem. The but, t- it's like yeah. a whole 10 years off, like, given the timeline. And if it's happening now, unless this stuff is happening, like, 10 years ago, then it, it can't line up. So be- like, no, nah, no, nah, I believe this is this is contemporary. Like, this is exactly, exactly, contemporary. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why because, I know that the timeline is too much. It's too much time. It's, it's like I a mean, whole 10 years off. We, we, we've, had, we've had both Fox and, and the, um, the Marvel Spider-Man movies wreck your timeline anyhow so if they wanted yeah. to, to to teach it up in a, in a way where young bruce was you know saw what the original joker did and that inspired a whole level of darkness and then now right. you have this orphan who grew up you know in that world as in well the two right. orphans who grew up in that world there's a way that if they wanted to they could find a way they're, they're like there's one or two other little random things inside there uh you know matt talking about if you can, you know, get a car that makes you as as uh, give the same effect as Christine Stephen King's Christine, and I guess that was what inspired it. Um, so inspired the Batmobile. I genuinely loved it. Um, I well, I genuinely liked it. Let's let's just say that I genuinely liked it. It's still going to be an eight or eight and a half out of ten for me. Um, I'm hoping when certain things um, play itself out where I am concerned. I will go back in and see it again for a second or third time because you know I have like all my Riddler masks, face masks, and all that kind of shit. So I live in that reality. Um, by and large, one of the best movies. I feel like Warner Brothers of itself. Again, I hope they get a grip because my problem has never really been DC having a problem. My problem is Warner Brothers and the stupidities that they keep doing. So I'm hoping that this opens up. Um, opens up a little bit more that they will allow DC to breathe. Um, but yeah, this could be fun. And I'm actually very excited to see what comes next. I feel like maybe soon we might get a Batgirl trailer. Maybe soon we could start to get a little bit more marketing off of some of the others. Right. They might, you know, that could be fun. So yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's uh, right. my last point. Yeah, um, as I said, I really want them to just lean into the DC Black stuff. Like, Joker made a billion dollars. Study that. Yes, a Joker yes. movie. A Joker movie made more money than a Batman and Superman movie. Study yeah. that. Think Study about that. This this could easily make a since especially COVID winding down and everything, this could easily make a billion dollars too. Like I don't no, I don't think Why? it'll do Spider-Man yeah. money. I don't think it'll do Spider-Man money, but it yeah. might, you know, we don't know. You know, under normal circumstances it would have. Um, but 
you know, I, I just was so impressed with this. This just was this DC black direction is the direction to go. Right. And yeah. especially with, with what James Gunn did with Peacemaker and, and that's you know the more R mm-hmm. stuff. Like, hey, there are something going on here. Just you know, don't fuck it up, right? Yeah, just 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 keep the momentum going, right? Uh Daniel, just to end things off. Um, just your last words and you can repeat the reading if you want to. Okay. Uh, w- one point I wanted to make about the uh, the I am vengeance thing that came in the end was um, when Batman realized, oh shit, vengeance is not the way to yeah. to to clean up Gotham, and then he just he straight up noticed that there was like this electrical thing right. that was gonna hit the water. Right. That that part really made me realize, oh yeah. This is gonna be heroic Batman now, Judd. He right. he straight up jumped on the wire, took out the bat symbol on his chest, cut yeah. the wire, it electrocuted him. Yeah. Like it could have stopped his heart and right. then so, it fell fell in. And I think I think another thing too is that remember the whole well, I can't remember I don't remember learning this in the movie, but I remember everybody saying how the the, the thing was the guns represented of the gun that killed the parents or something like that. So I think that was like supposed to be a symbolic thing of him letting go of the vengeance dimension of it now. Um like that, all that I was part of it. If it was, that was really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as for the future of this franchise, I'm excited to see where it could go. Uh, because they flood Gotham and they yeah. made mention of Penguin probably making a power move. It's yeah. like I kind of, I kind of hope maybe they might go the no man's land no route. No man's land, right, right, right. I think yeah. that maybe they might go the no man's yeah. land route. I... Yeah, they could do that. Yeah. Uh. I'm I'm interested to see what they could do because I I'm uh because Warner Brothers kind of made a deal with Robert Pattinson because he has a first look thing with Warner Brothers. Right. I wonder if he's gonna get more creative control along with Matt Reeves on this. Right. So so maybe they could get Courts of Owls. Maybe they could get Calendar Man. I would right. really like to see a Matt Reeves tackle Doctor F- Mister Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Yeah, Mr. Freeze is a bit of a stretch. Again, tech, uh, Again, the tech stuff is what is bottoming uh, If you're too yeah. far, fetch the tech stuff. But yeah, Mr. Freeze could work. I want to see it. Yeah, I want to yeah. see I want to see more, maybe more development between uh, Bruce and Alfred. Maybe right. more connection between him. Because Bruce is an Arkham. I want to see more connection between him and Arkham. Maybe Hugo Strange could show up or Jeremiah. Right. Right. Or maybe right. Jeremiah Arkham. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the, the the possibilities are endless for this for this franchise. So it's like, I'm I'm interested to see the future. Uh, rating. Well, other thing, other technical things. It's a, it has a bloated length, but I wasn't bored. I I still give it an eight out of ten. I love. I I liked it. Yeah. Nice. 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 Well, I I, I forgot to mention um runtime. I'll I'll end with this actually. Um, this this actually flew by you know rather quickly though. This this to me felt like two and a half hours instead of instead of three actually, right? Uh, but I know for some people the length will be a challenge. But I felt like what was here needed to be here. There was little to no fat in this movie. You know, maybe if we watch that again, we could be like, all right, I could take this out or trim this or whatever, right? But I felt like everything that we saw here needed to be in this film, man. And yeah, again, I mean, Matt did his damn thing, man. So yeah, the DC seems to be in a great place now, man. So. Yeah, but, uh, but, another, but one one thing one thing I also kind of wondering about the future. Um, 
is they, there's there's mention that they took down Sal Maroney. So it's like I'm really wondering, is there any room for Harvey Dent in this franchise? It's like I don't know. I have no idea. No idea. I don't know. I, I don't would know. like to see a, vo- a new version of him, Could but yeah. I mean, I, I mean that that is the problem is that it, it's so it has so been heavily done be- through the Nolan stuff sign on the show. But yeah, I want to see what you could do with it. That is a possibility. It have it have literally a dozen directions you could go with this. And last time when you know um, Snyder had his stuff, he had a dozen ways to write his stuff, and he, in my opinion, did it did literally the worst possible option. Yeah. So this is the opposite. Uh, and in my opinion, they could they could just again. I just want to see them just have their head on a swivel, please. That's all you had to do. You don't have to overthink it. Just solid scripts. Keep it grounded. Understand your tone, and then make it work. Not hard. It's not hard. It's not as hard as people make it out to be. The reasons why Snyder and I'm failing is going to overthink the damn thing. That was my That's problem. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Overthink the damn thing. But this, they just, they make all the right calls and the right choices. And look, I still put it in the same space as like what, um, I forget the guy's name, um, you know, Nike, Nike boy, not rich boy, um, for, for Bumblebee. Um, oh, that guy, it, right. I forget. Yeah, it's, it's that. Oh. Travis Knight, right. It's that. That's what this feels like. It's, it's not masterful. It's just... This is what people are talking about for a hot minute. This is a lot of good decisions. It's things that that's falling in line with what the fan base kind of think about or what should be, but you don't try to cater to them in the worst way or the best way in, in certain ways. You just, you know, do your own thing, but you also, you know, balance it off. Like what Nolan did back in the days. It's the same thing. And Batman, to be fair, Batman is the easiest character to pull that off with. Eh? Um, but whatever. Uh, yeah, that's last point. I just thought this was great. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. So, so guys, we talked a lot about this movie. This is a real deal. Um, please see this movie. If you could see it theatrically, please do. But if you're much rather wait till it comes out of HBO Max, then yeah, by all means. But this is a absolute must see. And yes, it lives up to the hype. And it is one of the best movies of 2022. Bar none. Yeah. All right, so uh, Tracy and uh, Daniel, thank you so much for for coming through. I know it's been long, but you know we 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 had a blast just just talking about zodiacs and you know Batman's and geniuses, right? So yeah. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, thanks for coming through, and you know, just just looking forward to the to what you know to you know uh, any upcoming you know collabs in the future, right? Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. No and of course, no Ricardo, you know, once again, thanks for coming through as well, right? Uh, no as well, right? And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So, once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever this is. This was Machu Bailey and Ricardo Benita, thanks for coming through. Yeah, Tracy Hutches, thanks for coming through. Anytime, man. And Daniel Lamyong, thanks for coming through. Yeah, man, no problem. And this has been another episode of BBB Radio. So, to the next one, take care, stay safe in and out. Peace. <laughs>